Pretty good, pretty good, pretty tasty. Oh, yeah. Pretty good. Delish. It's not bad. Delish. Um, why don't you put your phone down? Thanks. Uh, start again. <laughs> I can do it with my phone in my hand. But what? But you were reading it. Just do it. <laughs> this, is the only, this is the only one I'm doing now. Okay. Mm. And you're going to have to put it on. Okay. People hear how mad I am at you. Okay. What's okay. up? What's up? What's up? What's, What's up? up? Just What's up? Ex- excited for our uh, our new podcast episode. Okay. We got a good guest. The Great best. guest. Yeah. Um, joining We're, us on the podcast, John Popper. John Popper, everybody. Yeah. Uh, he's got a book out. Suck and Suck Blow. Suck and Blow. Yeah. It's great. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, 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 I read a bunch of it. You read all of it. Yeah, yeah. It's I, a great uh, book by Blues Traver. About uh, the beginnings, uh, John's humble beginnings, yeah. and uh, uh, music, and uh, becoming world famous. And it's then, also when you shoot the shit with Popper, you just shoot the shit. Like, we talked like two hours or something like that. It was really great. Yeah, well, he's an entertaining guy. He's and, a storyteller. Uh, and then he plays the harmonica oh, for you. that's always a treat. Aristotle, right? Oh, my God, it was fun. Uh, okay, before we get to the episode, we have a few things. We have um, some shows. We should talk about some shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming up, we will be in Buffalo at Buffalo Helium Comedy Club, April 28th, 29th, and 30th. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, the next week, we will be in Denver at Comedy Works, and that is May 5th, 6th, and 7th. Cinco de Mayo, or as Kevin likes to say, Cinco de Mayo. That's the Denver version of Cinco de Mayo. Cinco yeah. de Mayo. Yeah. Um, so Buffalo, Denver, right? Yeah. Let's just stick with those for now. Okay. And then uh, we'll have a lot more dates to announce next week. But let's focus on the people of Buffalo and Denver. Okay. Let's go. Buffalonians. Get out there. And Denveronians. Come check out our showonians. Okay. Okay. Uh, what else do you do? Amazon.com. Mm, love Amazon.com. Um, if you're going to go shopping on Amazon, people. Chew crew. Uh, go over to the Chewing It uh, uh, page, the website for uh, Nerdist. You know, you get the, the episode page. Pick the actual episode page, and on that page is a banner ad, and that banner ad is an Amazon.com banner. Mm. If you're going to go shopping there, you get some, uh, some books or some music or some whatever you buy on Amazon. Workout equipment. Yeah, whatever you want to do. Click through that ad, and it takes you to Amazon, and then we get a couple of things, uh, a couple of pennies kicked back to the uh, Chewing It episode yeah. to pay for uh, Katie Levine and Aristotle. The weird thing is the two of them are in there sitting in the room right now. I've never seen them together before. Katie Levine and Aristotle. Never you, seen them together before. You, you, I think you're freaking out a little bit. I'm a little, it's, a little, it's weirding me out a little bit to see you two together. Yeah, it's even freaked strange. out a little bit. And Scout's here too. Oh, Jesus. You okay. never seen, you've definitely never seen the three of them in the I same room. I know. This is crazy. Okay. Well, yeah. anyway, if you want to keep seeing them together, go shop at Amazon. Kick some money back to home. How's that sound? Yeah. Good? Otherwise, we're gonna have, we're gonna have to cut one of them loose. And, I know. Uh, it's you like, want to do that? Yeah. It's like the good son. Redundancies. Yeah. That's what they call it. Yeah. Redundancies. Um, okay. I know who, that. I know who would go. Who? Scout. Scout would go. <laughs> the scout would be the first. Yeah. Who would go? Katie. Who would go? Who would go? If we had to, she choose. doesn't know. She doesn't care. She, she doesn't, doesn't care. care. You know why? You know what it is? Let me. Let's. Let me she's in charge. charge. She knows. No, no. I'm going to tell you why. Why? Because uh, she's coming off back-to-back podcast with Jamie Lannister oh, right. and, uh, and Chris and Helmsworth. Helmsworth. Right she doesn't give, She doesn't even see us right now. She's like, I don't care. Yeah, she's still thinking about the muscles on Chris Helmsworth's yeah, arms. She, she couldn't stop talking about the extra muscle on his on the back of his arm. I know. I wish I saw it. Yeah. My man crush. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, okay. Uh, um, enjoy. Uh, anyway. Oh, we just interrupted. I guess. Okay. All right. So listen. John Popper. 
right? We're done with all the business, right? We did the business. We're done. Okay, we're done the riffing. Yeah, we're done. All right, let's get over to John Popper then. Can we please? Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, John Popper, everybody, enjoy uh, this episode. Now entering Nerdist.com. True it with a guy named Kevin. True it and this other guy Steve. True it from the TV and the movies, and now this podcast stream. True it, they're gonna get chewy. True it, they might even get me. True it, but they're gonna get funky on this podcast thing. Testing Lemmy's microphone. Testing Lemmy's microphone. Testing Lemmy's microphone. <laughs> oh, see, Kevin's all work. I'm sorry. Yeah, and you know that was a really great uh, moment for the podcast, and we just blew it. It's terrible. It's true. Are we on? Are we recording? I think we're oh good. It's not to be good. Oh, we're recording. Yeah, now it's just going to be like, yeah, that was good. We're yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I like this. By the way, you know, I feel like I failed that crowd last night because I promised them a harmonica solo, and you did play harmonica a bunch of times. But right. you that you were going to do harmonica solo? No, I walked out there and I said, by the way, I'm going to get John to play some harmonica for you. And well, I did play some harmonica, so they got what you promised. Technically, yeah, yeah. you know, it was uh, it got just more questiony and uh, really, I didn't get to eat my lunch, so I was I was out on my feet by that point anyway. You yeah, know? you did a great job though. You did well, a great thanks. job. It was fun. And uh, Matt, we were just talking about before we started. Uh, it's weird when people take you seriously. Yeah, they listen. Yeah, and we're the last people to listen to ourselves. So we're like, yeah, you know, we could just keep going, people. Yeah, but make you, stuff up. You know what? Though? Here, well, let's introduce you, and then I'm, I want to talk about that point. Okay, precisely. okay, okay, okay. Join us in the podcast. Wait, are we going to chew first? We always chew. Okay, chew first. Okay. We chewed. We chewed last time. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He he's a he's a muncher. I know. I can tell you one thing. He's not eating. What? He's not eating McDonald's. Are you? Oh, he's not in L.A. He's anti McDonald's. Well, no. I'm on the way back. I I love McDonald's. And then there was that thing uh, in the news about the guy who was jacking off into the special sauce. Oh yeah, here in Los Angeles, in L.A. In L.A. So oh. now I'm like seeing that McDonald's. I'm like, all right, they arrested that guy, but how many batches? Did he get in there? And you know McDonald's isn't throwing them away. Right. And you know or, he's not the only guy yeah, who was it's the guy they haven't caught yet. Right. See, who yeah. else is out there? Is this a thing? And so now it's turning me off at McDonald's. Right. Yeah. Who, which, which McDonald's is it? It just said McDonald's Los Angeles. See, that's oh, the thing. Oh, God. The Los a, Angeles McDonald's. That's a wide fucking berth right really, there. Bro. I can't. Uh, yeah. Who, who the fuck knows? <laughs> is it McDonald's. the famous Sunset McDonald's or the famous Venice Beach McDonald's? Or is it no. the McDonald's in the corner by my house? Yes. Who the fuck knows? Yeah. <laughs> it's a McDonald's. It's in L.A. And it could be happening again right now. Oh my god! And really, we're kidding ourselves. Mississippi's going to be got scot-free, clean McDonald's. You know, sure. right. come sure. for our clean sauces. Sure, you know? no, but that's just part of you have to accept that in a society. You no sex was had with our food would be like a good yeah. sign for a fast food. That was the great. Uh, like Colin Quinn had that bit that I always liked about uh, like you know you go to the movie theater and they have yeah. the straws and the straws in the movie theater are in the dispenser. Yeah, and so they're unwrapped straws. Yeah, exactly. And he's, his bit was always like, "What do they do with those straws?" I mean, somebody in the background rubbing them on their balls? Yeah. <laughs> he has a good New York accent. You got, like, you balls? Admit, yeah. do, do you always, like, take one straw behind the one that's... Yeah, yes. That's what I do. Always. I always. Yeah. Because that front straw, anyway, has the elements on it. Yeah. It's got the... That, a, it's sure. Like, There's got to be, like, a country song written about the front straw. The front straw. Yeah, I wish... I I'm wish as useful as the two. front straw. Yeah. I wish I knew a musician. Strong. Oh, yeah. Who could write that, that song? Hey, you know, you just <laughs> may. Somebody just might write that song. The Front Straw. I, I, That's a great t- uh, title for a song, The yeah, Front Straw. The front Straw. Come on, man. Damn it. All right. All right. Everybody who's a musician, stop listening to that part. Get on it yeah. now. Well, let's introduce our guest. Okay, so sorry. So we, chew, we chewed a little bit. 
All right, mm. we did, uh, we're not eating McDonald's. Not eating McDonald's. What are we eating? BK? No, there's no, there's no difference. No, nothing safe now. Nothing yeah, safe. nothing. Safe. Well, I worked at a Burger King and the mayonnaise was rock solid. And I told my supervisor, and he just stirred it up and went. Shh. Okay. See. And for some reason, I still order the chicken sandwich. It's like a masochistic. Ma- I want there. that hardened mayonnaise to <laughs> see if my belly can take it. And I get that's the only fast food that feels like a gut punch. If it, it, it doesn't kill you, it like yeah. You, you used to eat pencils. I read that. Well, absolutely. But the key is you bite the big part, and swallow that. You know the uh, the eraser, the eraser part. right? And then by that point, everyone loses interest. Sure. So, yeah. so if you can eat pencils, you can eat hard mayonnaise. But at, well, least, at least you can assume true. that nobody actually, jacked off think- onto the pencil. Uh, just I can't really make that promise. Okay, I mean, it was enough. elementary school. Did. That's everyone you're ever going to know in sure. your life. Or it's in your butt or whatever. Yeah. Remember, Let's... you're going to school with serial killers as well as, you know, um, <laughs> what are Nobel Prize winners. Sure, sure. sure. And so, uh, let's introduce okay, our okay. guest. Joining us on the podcast today. Yes. Mel Torme. His second uh, visit with us. Wow. Isn't that exciting? Yes. Club. Only That's this a... isn't late at night where we're getting drunk. I know. Last time was a drunken one. Yeah. This is more of a, you know, a chill. This we're, is a chill. we're just chillaxing. Chill. chill. Mr. John Popper, musician, virtuoso, writer, frontman for wow. Blues Traveler. Hi, everybody. Author. Oh, my God. Now he's an author. I know. An author. Festival organizer. Okay. Wow. Okay. Actor, movie star. That's right. Raconteur. Mm-hmm. Oh, you are a raconteur. <laughs> you were a raconteur. Mr. John Popper, everybody. Mr. John Popper. I, I have used Rax. Do you, would you say you were re. re- Raconteuring last night, or you're raccoonting last night? I was raconteurist. Okay. What's the adjective for raccoon? If you're raconteuring, racon- it's French. But raconteurist, yeah, would be what you're, you're a raconteur. So put it in context. So you guys were together last night because John Popper has a book out. Yeah. Yes, I right, do. and it's called "Suck and Blow" and other stories I'm not supposed to tell. That's so my friends will buy it. Okay. Like, what the fuck did he say? What did he say about me? Yeah, that's yeah. that's the. Hook. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice one. Good Woo. way to call it back. I spared them of that joke last night, by the Zing. way. And so yeah, that was good. Yeah. Your book <laughs> dropped, and then you guys had like a book signing last night, and Lemmy came by and yep. helped host it. He did. And so uh, he was very how re- was he? He was good? very respectable. Was he really? He seemed like a college professor. It was good. He came in. Did he wear a cardigan? Um, no, it, was, it, seemed, it struck me more. It wasn't really that outfit, but... I got the feeling that he was in sort of like a safari suit, like he traveled the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He was like, Tanz- nice. like a Tanzanian a... professor. Okay. I With feel... no accent. He had his own accent, but he just seemed very sophisticated. Mm, thank you. I feel like... Um, you had like the curl on your hair? That's uh, by design. Yeah. <laughs> by design. Like the Christopher Reeves curl, <laughs> but perfectly straight distinguished. Hair. You were distinguished. <laughs> you should, I've had the roller in my hair all day long. Because uh, Lemmy doesn't go to a lot of bookstores, you know what I mean? So he's yeah. got to look the part. Me neither, yeah. I don't, you know I don't know, know why people go to those. He doesn't hang in bookstores a lot. I had a chambray shirt on last night. Oh, did? Did you? Yeah, to seem smart. Did your wife pick out your outfit for you or what? But truthfully, it's like one of those weird things. Like I was thinking like, what do, what am I going to wear to this? Should I wear a, a sport coat? I did think about it, like a sport coat <laughs> and shoes and long pants. And then I was like, no. Oh, no. Nobody gives a shit. I John course, was saying he was wearing the The thing, exact right? same outfit that is on the book jacket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently I have like one nice shirt. My wife got it last year and I've been wearing it to everything. That's I've the same thing as me. So when he says exactly, he means literally. I've got a movie premiere tomorrow, The Meddler, and we were in The Meddler. We're playing ourselves at this big dance, the yeah. big culminating scene, and I'm wearing exactly this outfit and I, I might have to wear it to the premiere. You should. No, Johnny One Shirt. That's what they're going to call me. That's the way I am, too. Yeah. My wife's like, you know, you should get some more clothes. I was like, I guess so. I just don't think about it. I never think about it. Me but, neither. Yeah. I, I figure it, look, if it works, I want it. The, the one problem with the shirt doesn't have a pocket. Today, I finally got one washed that isn't okay. that shirt. And pockets are really important. Because for be you, because you could have harmonicas in there. Yeah, and smokes and God knows what else. I'm always carrying one 
you know, like two things in my hand if I don't have pockets. Is it like I have big guy issues too buying clothes? Like I like I oh, can yeah, never find stuff that I. That's part of the reason why I don't have. I feel like a lot. Yeah, I can't rally to get ones that fit me right. The clothing people have turned us off as far as that goes because they yeah. will never fit us right. That's right. And sort of like, and they give you like, here's what you can have. You can't get all of it. No. You'll see that cool shirt and you're like, well, that's not for you. Yeah. That's here's, right. some, here's some of the stuff we thought you might like. But you always think that you can go in there and get it. Like, I'll go to the mall, my, uh-huh. my wife, and you'll pop into J. Crew. Yeah. And you start looking around maybe or a store and then you realize the pants only go up to 38. Yes, and I can't. I don't I go know. thirty-eight, and yep. then you're like, "What the fuck am I doing here?" They go to forty now. Yeah, which is important. Okay. Ooh, I'm like, "What the fuck but, am I doing you've here?" Come a long way, baby. But I'm I know. A forty-two. Look, so and XLs, <laughs> like double XL is. I'm a double XL guy. Right. Like I go in there, they only go up to XL a lot of times, and then you're like, "Oh, I know that." I got to go online. Oh my god. Or to truck stops. <laughs> exactly. You know, like, that's the shirt. You exactly. Get to have. We figured you should have a giant plaid shirt, or like the Charlie Brown, like sideways <laughs> stripes. I recently we uh we did a bit uh where we uh. We did a funny, like, gigantic pair of underwear. It was, it was a bit where we needed, like a, <laughs> like, a, like, a gigantic pair of underwear. So I went to the Big and Tall store right. to go buy it, which I hadn't been to in years. I used to go yeah. to high school to the Big right, and Tall. Right. I, don't know if you, I used yeah. to go there all the time to buy sweaters that would fit or whatever sure, it was. Sure, you know sure. what I mean? And I hadn't been in the Big and Tall store for years. And it's a little better these days. Oh, they got yeah. some better yeah. stuff in there these days. Oh, I still go to the Casual Mail. But I, I did. That's where I was, over yeah. Casual Mail in Westwood. Right. And then I ended up buying... Like a, a 4X pair of underwear for this joke that we were doing. Yep. And I had to explain to them it wasn't for me. <laughs> <laughs> but this is all. They were all like, right. Sure, sure. it's not. This what is, is all- the biggest size they go in those places? I, like, it's, they have huge. Like, they, had, they definitely had 5X. See, I accidentally bought a 5X. Um, yeah. I, I was trying to get a 3X, is what I am. And, like, that's big. But yeah. I'm a tall guy, too. And, uh, I go home and I put on it's like a dress. I'm like, what's happening to their side? Like it's, they just don't yeah. care anymore. They don't. And then my wife says, like, "No, that says five X." Oops. And so yeah, I guess I'll maybe tie you it just in a feel knot. like you lost weight though. Well, yeah, you I, know what I, mean? I was like, <laughs> if I lost weight, man, I'm sick. This is like an incredibly huge. I'm gonna tie it in a knot and do like the Daisy Duke thing. <laughs> I feel See? like I feel like it would drive you to eat. Like if I was McDonald's, I would put out a five X McDonald's shirt. Okay, that said. Triple X. Um, it does get that way, actually. You when you're like almost six X. That's the biggest I actually got. You got to six X. I was a six X at my wow. hugest. Okay. And um, what it is is, yeah, when you are like five X, and then you're almost six X, you're kind of like, why not? You know, the six X. I look so good in six X. <laughs> Gives me some room to move. Yeah, and then you feel all svelte <laughs> Let's and like, go hey. for it. Let's and, go. And then for you're it. like, that totally does happen. Yeah, but you can't cheat. You got to earn it. So yeah. Well, <laughs> I was just thinking if you're if you're like, oh my god, look at this triple X is. Fit me really well. It says McDonald's. I'm gonna go celebrate with the McDonald's. <laughs> Let's go eat some McDonald's. Yeah, but it's really fun. And then it's got jizz in it. Yeah. You know, if I ever if I ever go to four X, I'm immediately there's a problem. That's four. when you know you need to go. You get, four you is like right. unnatural. I'll take three. I'll take three. I, I yeah. don't mean, I don't mean to horn in on your guys because you know you guys had something really Uh-oh. awesome going right there. I sent right. a little tiny man to say yeah. something. I didn't want. I, uh, let's let's not start to get insulting, Jonathan. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I I just want to chime in that uh, for me it's when the mole is on the side of my face as opposed to underneath uh, my jaw is when I realize it's time for me to hit the gym. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah, your face oh. expands. Oh. Yeah, that's a twenty five. Pa- it's like the it's like the Purdue. Uh, Turkey, sure. Wait, so pops it pops out. So, this mole under my uh, jaw here uh-huh. is sometimes on the side of my face <laughs> when Wait, I haven't so, exercised for like three months. So that's just sort of a question of uh, the the muscle tones going and your skin just. Well, it's like you know the 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 gout, the goiter he, starts when to... he gains. He gains so in you, the ass you, and in the face. You gain on your face. Yeah. I, oh yeah, my face wow. is uh, his ass and his face is where he gains. Yeah, those oh, are the two. Wow. 
I'm a big booty uh, fat face guy. I, That's another I, great song, by the way. I never gained anything. <laughs> I got my father's spider monkey ass. Oh, you is that so, a no ass? Um, they, it, like, it's concave. It actually goes in, and oh, we so slide out of chairs. And you always see us kind of slouching. And people just think that's what we like to, but it's we're slowly falling out of the. We have no butt heel. Fuck, for a dude, purchase. that's I did. A, I just did a stand up bit about that. This, I have the same uh, thing because I, I, I'm horrible. assless. Yeah, I'm so assless. Queen, show him your ass. Get yeah, up. And I'm, show I'm him assless, ass. and like, uh, uh, what, what what happens is it causes my pants not to be able to stay up. Me too. I, so I'm my wearing, pants are always here. I'm wearing. Uh, oh dude, shit! This is, this is exactly what I've come up with. I've debated the suspenders thing because this like, is where I always yeah. am. It, but then I feel like well, I look like Wilford Brimley. Well, but like but Popper's got a cool thing because he's a, begins, underneath. Sorry, underneath. Uh, see, that's, that's a great idea. You're also a fucking rock star. This you're is my life. Wear whatever no, you my want. pants really fall off constantly. I know. I they do too. But you're a blues guy. You're like I think you feel like you can pull off the suspenders. Like me, I'm oh, just yeah. a well, there's a little comedian. That, uh, you know, you can sort of. I'm no southern lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? If, if I am ever making a movie that requires that character, you are the guy. You just won the part. I don't mean <laughs> to be any southern constipated lawyer. I'm buying it. I'm buying it. Uh, but I, I have like other like I, I feel like some of the stuff in your book is about the weight situation, which I, I have the same situation. But like, right. let's go back and talk about the. bit. Let's just plug this book properly. L- hold on, hold on. Oh, sure. Let yeah. me just go back and address. I didn't want to interrupt. Nobody's actually you guys. introduced me yet. We did. We said no, John. Yeah, yeah, we, we did. Okay. I called you a virtuoso. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I didn't want to, uh, and uh, we called you, you know, festival organizer oh, and uh, right. yeah. know, movie star and uh, all those things. Um, McDonald's jizz eater. I didn't want to <laughs> interrupt you guys while you were McDonald's rolling. McDonald's jizz avoider. <laughs> avoider, please. Yeah, now. Well, avoidance. I don't have got any hang ups or anything, <laughs> but you know. Avoidance is the first step, or that's denial, I guess. Yeah, yeah. What did, where did you want to go back to? What I want to go back to, I didn't want to interrupt you guys. You guys were rolling on that big and tall in your fashion. Sure, stuff. sure, sure. But I, I like one other th- reason why I sometimes think it's not a great idea for you to spend a lot of money on clothes. Yeah, is because within sixty seconds of your first bite of the day, yeah. you have spilled on yourself. I know. I do that too. I always spill on myself. I absolutely spill all over myself. My theory is that because my stomach goes out and the food, it's my it's a cummerbund essentially. Yeah. It's it also catches a table. the. I'm an yeah. otter. I eat otter style, and so it ends up on you. And here, let's, then let's use this unopened can as an example. So right. So you rest it, right it there. Here. Right. Yeah. And you got like the whole day. You're good to go. You got a little table. Sure. And you can crack walnuts like the otters do, or some. some but fish. like when the ketchup falls off your hamburger, it's not going to go into your lap. It never goes in your lap. It no, goes it's right going to go here. into your gut. Oh my God, Kevin, you're killing me Think? softly with your song. I know. You guys. And so we know what I, you know what I invest in. Shout. I get a lot of yes. shout so I can get the stains out of my shirt. One of my uh, few shirt, one of my yearly shirts, I see it in a magazine. You can see the little uh, stain. Little stain on it. It never really got shouted out. Yeah. Hotel laundry like let me down, and every time you see a flash bulb hit it, oh, there's that there's little that stain. Yeah. yeah. Someone gave me shit about that. We just did a show in Chicago, and uh, somebody said to me after the thing, what, "What's with the big stain on your shirt?" And I was like, "Oh, I didn't even realize." Yeah. It. <laughs> See, the fact that you didn't realize it, though, that is what people admire. I guess so. I guess you know, so. We really don't. Care. I probably would have worn it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and and I back to my point of why I don't think you should invest in like a silk shirt that costs you $200. Sure. I completely agree. Sure. You know? That being said, my wife is right now buying some sort of a velvet <laughs> jacket because it's marked down from a grand to 99 bucks. Okay. Okay. Ooh, out so, here. Uh, yeah, she's up in San Francisco. She's driving down for the premiere. But that's the good thing that our wives, they take care of like, exactly. the shit that we are not I able just, to take care of. I'm so worried I'm going to let her down and just spill like ham and mayo Dude. all over it. <laughs> and like, sorry. And that's exactly as right. As long as you wore it once, though. Yeah, like something that you can't fix is really not sure. for us. Sure, but sure. don't you think that that would maybe... Cotton is what we should have. 
cotton. Exactly. A cotton. Burlap. Just you know, your a canvases. dark colored. <laughs> rubber. No, earth not. tones. <laughs> rubber, a rubber yeah. shirt. Like I just. Yeah. Smock materials. Right. You yeah. Know. Maybe with, uh, you know, like, what are the things? Hospital napkin suits. Yeah, a drainage pipe. <laughs> Just something to roll it off. Hey, I know. That's okay. That's all right. Yeah, I like it, actually. Uh, believe me. Believe yeah. me. I think it's fantastic. It's so easy. It's so yeah. easy. Uh-huh. I'll also buy, like, the same. I like five of the same shirts. Me, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, then, Albert Einstein only wore one outfit. Just so he wouldn't have to preoccupy his mind with what to wear. Stinky. Pure. He's pure. And I would like Stinky. to say, I'd like to say that's what a what smelly I do Jew. As what well. a smelly Jew he is. <laughs> well, no, he had the same outfit, but many clean versions of the. Oh, thing. I see. I yeah, see. He didn't okay. wear the same. I thought you meant he only had one pair of clothes. Yeah, John, yeah you, people wondered about him. Yeah. He just sort of stood in corners. I say it's cool, but he stunk. Yeah, no, he had the the same outfit, but like six or seven pairs of the same outfit. Yeah. So he wouldn't have to say, what am I going to wear today? He wouldn't occupy his mind with that. Do you know what I would call this chapter if it was uh, if this was part of your book? What? How you told uh, one story about Einstein and then changed it a little bit, that he had the same outfit. Five oh, my times. God. Did I put that in the book? No, no. I would call No, no. But like just uh, now you're, you're talking about it. I think right. this chapter should be called Changing My Tune. Oh. What do you think? Changing that's a, my tune? That's a pun. That's Changing punish. my tune. Changing my tune. Because you first said, yeah, he wore the clothes, the, the one outfit. We said, called him smelly and disgusting. And then you said, uh, no, he had six of the same. And now I think that should be called Changing my tune. What I mean, it's the outfit was the same. Oh, no. Yeah. It was one outfit. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Wait a second. He's just trying to make a pun. Uh, I'm was, just punning. Yeah. I just want to say changing oh. my tune. He make a pun. I just want to say changing my tune. I don't really care let's about that. Let's go to the. Let's talk. Well, just quick. Like, wow, that was a really long way to go for that. <laughs> I know. I know I that pun. Yeah. That's terrible. We'll edit it out. Don't worry. Oh, yeah. um, oh man. Wh- yeah. Remember we talked about editing last night? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. right. Editing. Why did you. Uh, yeah. What made you write this book? You, 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 have you written a book before? This is no. This is it. It really took Dean Budnick coming to me and go, hey, we should write a book. Tell me who Dean Budnick is. He's your co author? Yeah, he's the co author. He writes for Relics. He wrote that book about the. Deadheads, I think it's called Deadheads. Yeah, and, and um, he brought the book about the wetlands. Yes, which we talked about last time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And um, what else did he? He he's written a bunch of articles for many men. And were you buddies with him, or were you? Um, I've known him throughout our career because okay. he's always been around there. And um, was he coming up when you were coming up? Because I think so. I think you guys are the same age, roughly. Yeah, and like you'd see, he'd be the guy writing an article that was about you or about a band that was a friend of yours, and yeah. so you just sort of knew his name and. Uh, he said, we should write, uh, you've got an interesting enough life, let's make a book. And the fact is, I've just turned 49, and I'm starting to forget these stories. Yeah. Right. And then having a baby, you know you're going to start looking at life differently. So right. So you just still, had a kid. You just had a kid last just year. Just had a kid. Right. Okay, uh, got like, it. Actually, yeah, November. And yeah. So, you know, this is still while I can appreciate these stories for all of their raunchy glory. Yeah. Before I start re- revising my life, I know I, that's why I feel. I went to Bible school. You know, I was yeah, such a I was so confused. <laughs> and the truth is, in my twenties, I might have done some stupid shit, but I wasn't confused about it. I was trying right. to do it. Right. No, you know, it's a funny thing because I, I had the same thing just recently, and this is what I did. It's because I, I feel like this podcast, right. we've done 150 episodes of this podcast, and we've told probably like every story that has happened to us. Yeah. Sure. And so in my mind, I was like, you know what? Fuck. I have to memorialize that, so I just took a zip drive. And I put every episode onto it, and I label it to my kids. There so you go. someday, oh, wow. right. they can take it and they can listen to it as much as they want to, this or not a, want to, and have it in the moment. This is a question someone asked. Uh, yeah. that we were talking about last night was, would you show your kids that side of your life? We talked at a certain age. What's the age? Because I'm thinking maybe college. Okay. Well, yeah, I think so. Well, it's getting hard though, because my kids, my, my oldest is 12, uh-huh. and they they know, like they know. 
the movies and they know the things that we've done and whatever. And uh-huh. this is how much do you hold back from them versus, you know. There's dumb stuff with prostitutes and uh, there's drug use. And- yeah, that's more adult. Yeah. But we talk- I mean, that was something we talked about. Like, I mean, first of all, I, re- I really liked the afterward and I-, I thought it was interesting that you made the afterward about your daughter. Super nice. Well, Very touching. I, you know, I, was, yeah. I wanted to be the forward to try and prep her, but they thought that, you know, better to, like, get to know me as I'm doing the stupid stuff yeah. rather than, like, like me right away with the tender moment. Sure. But it was cool. I mean, it was like, just it was to explain really awesome. it, it was before, part of it was before she was born and then uh-huh. part of it was after she was exactly. born. Exactly. That like was the just moment, lucky right? timing. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. You know, that was really my window to write the the thing. And I wanted to dedicate it to her. And the fact that she was being born then just was too perfect. Here, here's what I was thinking. I was like, when I was reading it, my kids had just gotten home from school. Uh-huh. And they were being fucking pains in the ass. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, if Popper rewrote this thing <laughs> eight years from now, ten years from now, right. there's a different <laughs> thing you're writing. There'd be a different beat. Like, would you please yeah. just shut up? <laughs> I'm trying to write the, for- the afterword yeah. to my book. But instead, you still had that the glorious kind yes. of like... The romance of that the... That needed to be captured. Abs- exactly. Absolutely. That moment Absolutely. Of, of perhaps delusion that will, you know... God, it's so romantic having a kid. Right. Then, like, before it hits you in the yeah. face. It's still, I mean, it's a wonderful thing. But I still, that's it. a funny... Oh, I so get it. When I was reading it, that's, it was in my mind. Well, like, that's just... Popper's going to learn I'm like a shit. newlywed new dad. It's all beautiful now. And I mean, all right, we're just buying a few toys and things. And, you know, we still keep our sure. stuff. Sure. I am moving a lot of swords out of the house. You know, I'll <laughs> yeah. see them on Sundays. Yeah, have you, you baby-proofed the house with, like, the rubber not, corners? We're, we're getting be- right now we're getting the weapons out of the house. Okay. <laughs> you know, uh, the next step, and she's rolling over. We've got a few months, but, yeah, we got a baby-proof. Is That's- each one of those, like, your wife comes and has to pull it like you're you're clutching your sword <laughs> there are moments, like, come on give it to me hiding it moments, somewhere you know pretty much that's my samurai you know sword. if if it if it goes bang it has to be in a locked safe that's i think a, sure a, you know sure. when you live alone you know you'll tuck things there oh yeah i used to put that over there <laughs> sure yeah you not know, no more yeah not no more and we got a giant safe the gun room is the nursery now so yeah, like that's very. I like the psychological implications of that. But we got a giant safe, the kind that Wiley Coyote would have land sure, on his head. Sure, sure. Yeah. It came in two three-ton pieces and okay. assembled now, and uh, it's uh, got all of the weaponry in it, and the, it, it, that's down in the garage. And you have to like, uh, it's got the old-timey wheel and things. Like yeah, that. yeah. And then um, the swords. There's some that are they're getting higher and higher, and eventually they're just getting sort of moved into the guest house. And, uh, right. And then what comes next is the pots and pans got to go. And then yeah. Okay. Corners, and then vases. Yep. And, and then you got to put, like, protective shit on the doorknobs. And yeah. Like, and is, then you know, plug like, outlets and yep. wires. Toilet things yeah. and whatever. Mm-hmm. See, you, you think the weaponry, that makes perfect sense. Sure. But how are we going to use plug outlets? Yeah, exactly. Oh, I like electricity. Do you got to pull the thing off every time you use the damn plug outlet. Are you yeah. kidding me? Really? John, yeah. do you want to talk pain in the ass? Yeah. Uh-huh. Getting down on your hands and knees every time to plug in your cell phone, like to charge <laughs> your fucking cell phone, <laughs> and having to pull the plastic thing. and the pl- and it's like you got to get your finger. Now I know. And, and then like, you then you say, "Well, maybe I'll use a knife." Then you're like, "Ah, it's a and fucking then, outlet." Do you ever yeah. get electrocuted trying to save your child from getting? <laughs> I have. I never. I don't think I ever did, but I've, 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 I've always thought funny. about it. I'm always thought about I'm it. I'm a genius with those yeah. things. You know, I've dived a few times to save my child into yeah. the pool. Well, no, no. Like uh, oh, the other day, I did. 
Yeah. Uh, fell in? No, no. I was next to him. He was on a float. Okay. We were doing earthquakes with a bunch of bigger kids. Yeah. And he fell off into the water, and I caught him by his face. Sure. Which was in the water. and Sure. Because oh, they just sink. They just fucking sink. Yeah. You pulled the Super Dad move. Have you seen that uh, YouTube of the Super Yeah, with, at the baseball oh. game? Amazing. No, oh. there's like a whole like, a oh. reel of just Super Dad catches. It's just okay, like okay. that. But like a thousand of them. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, there was a huge one last week where the guy caught the bat right before it hit his kid's face. Yeah. Oh, my God. You see, he was in Baltimore or whatever it was, and he just reached up, and the kid was like on his phone or something. Yeah, right. And he caught Wait, the baseball bat. An- another one. Because there was another one earlier. Uh-huh. That guy, guy with the really muscular arm. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, that okay. one. A couple weeks ago. It was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, that guy was huge. Yeah, yeah, huge. When I saw this kid who just dove onto a slide at a... You know, under like a little sled at a sledding thing. Yeah. And the dad just sees the kid heading for the trees and runs all the way down the thing and <laughs> just in time to knock the kid out of the way of the thing. And like he goes flying. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah. I, my baby climbs up on the Ottomans now, which are, you know, maybe like two, a foot and a half off the ground. And the other day he climbed up uh-huh. and then just f- fell over on his side. He was going to fall onto the floor. And right. I dove and I caught him. Oh, my God. My wife actually gave Ugh. it up for me. She's like, ooh, nice catch. Jesus. So basically, are you guys saying that you just have nothing, this floor? Uh, yeah. I, I'll say that no matter. <laughs> you can't have anything they can put in their mouth. You can't have anything they can put their their hands into. Yeah. So um, It only happens for a little while now. At though. what point does the kid, can they be trusted with furniture? Because they're going to have to learn about furniture. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's more, it's more yeah. once they can, like, you know. You don't want to be seven and be like, ah, oh, what's that? It's a table. Yeah. It's By a corner way, to a table. You can pad everything and plug everything up. And the one thing that I've you, heard that. They're, they're going to brain themselves. You'll pad the corner and then they'll find the flat part of the surface and bash yeah, their smack their yeah, face on it. They'll do it. Um, okay, so you're getting nostalgic a little bit, um, and you're, the kids are coming, and that's part of the reason why you wrote the book. Yeah, and like before I start forgetting, to the quality of my memory is going to start fading, right. too. You know? <laughs> right. So I figured this is a good time to do it. You know, it's a, it's a, I'm almost 50. This is, this is a perfect sure. time. And how long did it take you to do this? Did you just About riff a year with, and a half, with Dean? Yeah. Yeah. Whenever we were on tour, so whenever I had an extra time, like usually I'd take a day off, and then the beginning of the show day after I'd have a night's sleep, call up and give them a couple hours. And did it, you have like a mass amount of stories and you just had to pare it down or yeah, was it like – I had to like there, – there's stuff that didn't make it in the book and, uh, you know, we just had to shape it into something that was cohesive and was kind of getting to sort of a, a steady train of thought. Because, I mean, it starts from the childhood all the way through yeah, everything, but it right? kind of starts – it's all around when I was playing music really, you know. The, yeah. there's, I touch on my childhood, but it's really kind of uh, – from that moment I started playing the harmonica because that's really kind of – Socially, where I got everything, it's like the harmonica like saved your life. Like so it's many times, ex- it was like that was the center of your thing, sort of was. of your universe. Yeah, You're it lucky is. you cho- you chose that, man. Yeah, if it was a trombone. It might have been weird. I know. Imagine <laughs> if it was like an accordion, like a, a tenor saxophone. I know you carry that. You can't carry <laughs> your pocket. Let yeah, me ask exactly. you this: I don't mean to be like overly fucking uh, stupid, but like, um, do you think you chose it or did it choose you? That's an excellent question. Um, Why did you like? What did you just see someone play it? And you're like, that's a the, fucking great thing. Yeah, okay, Blues Brothers. Blues yeah, Brothers. but uh, you know, I think um, I, I don't know. It, I was really good at it right away. So yeah. um, if you could say it chose me, maybe it did. But uh, well, because you tried a bunch of different instruments, and and yeah, and and music itself was something that, you know you talk about it in the book. You couldn't read it. You right. didn't care to learn. Yeah, I think uh, you're right. I think that I wanted to play music, but as soon as I get close to it, the the whole way to go about it was annoying. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, if you look at it, teachers and such. Yeah, any authority. I think I had trouble with authority. Yeah, you know, and it was like a learning disability, really. You know, anytime you told me this is how you do it, 
eventually going to have to tell me you can't do that. And uh, the thing about music or other creative things is there's no one way to do it. So almost because you told me not to do it, I would figure out some way to do it. Yeah. So I kind of needed the challenge to, you know, kind of prove you wrong. It was a weird thing. Yeah. But that's kind of the cool story where, where yeah. it also for you, like, you know, you didn't you didn't want to do your homework. You want to do that stuff. But the thing when it was time to get into college and you had the meeting with the guy yeah, at the new I had school. A harmonica in my pocket. You had a harmonica. You pulled it out and it saved your kind of saved your ass in a way. Right? I left feeling um, two things. A little bit lied to that study hard. Right. You, know, you better be ready because this will get you. They don't care. They'll just reject you out of college. Yeah. And realizing, wow, I was really kind of smart. It's a good thing I didn't listen to them. Yeah. Because I just figured out, well, I guess schoolwork isn't for me and, you know, this isn't for me. And I was kind of wrong when I thought that, but it turns out I wasn't because they don't care. They'll let you into college. Yeah. And that's really adulthood. Yeah. You spend your whole time as a kid being told, do this, and right. you'll get that. Right. But adulthood is so, – there's more intangible reasons at work. The dean's going, you know what? You're weird. I'll let you in. <laughs> right. You know, and, but you're a great harmonica player, so yeah, I'll let you so in. that's what he's saying. Like, yeah. you're a good player, but you're shitty at grades, so the combination yeah. makes me want to roll the dice. Sure. Yeah. But why not? It wasn't, you should be able to do that as an adult. I'll yeah. tell you, if I was a dean of a school, I'd like to let a kid in just because he was odd. Sure. You know, hopefully. I mean, if you do that enough times and the guy turns out to really just be a, you know, a sociopath, <laughs> then you're, right. you're going to remove you. But when he turns out to be you, that's yeah, a great thing. Rolls some dice. That's right. Way. Kevin, how would, you, how would Colin Quinn say the word oddballs? Oddballs. Oddballs. Um, the, the thing about, like, that... Balls. That is a good way. Oddballs. Yeah, that New York... Oddballs. 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 What are we going to do? Oddballs. I was an oddball. What did I do? I was playing oddballs. I was playing oddballs. Syracuse. I had three balls. One was odd. That's a scary Colin Quinn impression. Oddballs. Mine? Oddballs. Yeah. No, yours. Oddballs. 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 Let's get the raft down there. Oddballs. Oddballs. What was the... Wait, wait, wait. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Just going back to that. I mean, the... You know, the harmonic, one of the things I loved about the book, and there's like a bunch of the first chapters, uh-huh. is a lot of like, you know, you get into a situation, and you're like, so I pulled out my harmonica, and right. I started fucking jamming, <laughs> and they're like, come on in. Like the, uh, the Wynn Marsalis. Wynn Marsalis. Great story. Great. That is, that's true. Another yeah. cool thing, and this is, you'll find yeah. this very interesting. I, uh, by the way, true crew people, I have the advantage of having received an advanced copy of the book, so, I, right. you know, so I, I've, I've read it, uh, was that uh, one of your teachers. Right. Just recently had a movie made about him. Yes, um, Mr. B, Biancasino. That's who they based um, the Whiplash. Right. Okay. Yeah. He was not nearly that mean. What school? Uh, Princeton High School. Okay. And he was the music teacher. He was a music teacher. He okay. was not that mean, but to be fair, the high school band wasn't that good. Okay. Okay. So, um, you know, the, it was a high school band. You know, that college band was super tight. And was he that great? Like he was that driven to push us, but he never slapped anybody. Okay, that was the thing about that movie yeah. to me, which like, I loved that movie. I thought it was so well done. But there were times that movie where I was like, bullshit. Yeah. yeah there's some things nobody came to blows. The the guy um, who uh, wrote and directed the movie, I, what's his name? I'm yeah, I don't remember. Blown his. Come on, Stats is on it. That's right. He's doing well. Come on, He's doing well these right days. Right now we call him Stats. Hey, Stats. 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 He's doing well these days. That guy. Whoever who, who the guy is yeah. who made the movie. Here come. Damien Chazelle. Okay. So Damien Chazelle, who wrote and directed the movie, he wound up being the drummer in the band like 10 years after us. Okay. So he was at the same. He went to Princeton yes, High. He, went to, he had ah. the same high school band class. Okay. Got it. And so the, the thing is, Marcus Bleeker, who plays in the DJ Logic uh, project band I do, and... 
Brendan, who's Blues Traveler's drummer. Yeah. They were first and second drums, and they were the first drummers in our high school band who were not like Buddy Rich guys, uh-huh. big band jazz drummers. Okay. Um, and they were into John Bonham. Okay. Stuff so like more that. rock and roll. Yeah, it was the first yeah. rock and roll kind of, and that drove Mr. B nuts. I'm sure. And so he would really take it out on the drummers a lot. Yeah. But Because they, he was a drummer or because... That's the thing is he yeah. would like even try and get on the drums and he was terrible at oh, it. Okay. So imagine J.K. Simmons lecturing everybody and everyone's all terrified. <laughs> right. And then he gets on the drums and just like... He sucks. <laughs> he would stick his tongue out and we all couldn't laugh. Yeah. But we wanted to laugh. J.K. wouldn't win the fucking Oscar. Well, by yeah. the way, that was... The- <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. That was the funny thing is I started reading the book a few weeks ago uh-huh. and I hadn't seen Whiplash. So then when I read that part about it, I, I okay. went and watched uh, Whiplash on one of the American Airlines flights. Okay. And I was so bummed that in the movie they didn't have J.K. Simmons get on the drums and suck. That would have been so awesome. <laughs> it was a great moment. And also um, that, that part that to me is bullshit. I've never heard – like some of these stories uh, that he based the movie on was not just Mr. B. It was on famous band leaders like – Buddy Rich right. has done some, you know, he might have slapped somebody. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, I've never heard of anybody preparing the drummer for one song. Right. And then changing the chart at the last minute. Because right. you just fucked yourself up. Right. Now nobody wants to hire that band. Like, that's taking, you know, your sure. personal shit way to a level sure. I've never heard of. Yeah. That's, those unprofesh. Those narrative, that's yeah. unprofesh. unprofesh. That's right. unprofesh. But those are the narrative things they did in that movie a couple times, which kind of threw me off a little bit. Like, yeah, there's yeah. that and... But, uh, the car crash the kid gets into. Mr. B was a lot more yeah. lovable, but I'll tell you, he would have loved the representation because he would have scared like the new kids. Oh, really? Did you see the movie Whiplash? That's me. Yeah. <laughs> he would have done that. Watch yourself. Yeah. So watch it. Did, did that guy let you play the harmonica, or did you um, play... Yeah, was that when thing? you played the trumpet, or was it... Uh, no, that, I was playing trumpet, and, yeah. uh, I, you know, he, he initially said, uh, we don't... We're a big band. We don't really have harmonica parts, but any other instrument you're interested in? I said, oh, I don't know, maybe the trumpet. He goes, great, great, here's a trumpet. Get out of my office. <laughs> so I'm now automatically in the beginner band. Sure. Trumpet, me and like, you know, 15 other dudes. And uh, we're playing She Blinded Me with Science, the Thomas Dolby song. Right, okay, okay. <laughs> and they're going around the room for solos, and I do my crappy trumpet. And I had three harmonicas in my trumpet case. Yeah. And luckily, one was in the right key, and so I sort of hold it up, and he's like, yeah, yeah, try it. Yeah. And so I played it, and then suddenly it was like that moment in The Natural where just everybody kind of stopped and like, were like, whoa. And my life was different from that, from that moment, moment on. The next day I was in the- Thank uh, you, Thomas Dolby. I was in, yeah, Thomas <laughs> Dolby. I was in the first string band the next day, and the principal's coming in, and um, everyone's looking at me. It was really kind of cool. Yeah. Suddenly everybody knew my name. That's Popper. Yeah, That's but kind he's of a harmonica guy. Yeah, hey, harmonica dude. Yeah. And I'd be like, hey, you. And yeah. it's right there that I learned not to remember Fuck. anybody's name. Yeah. Horrible. We had a dude like that in our junior high who was uh, uh-huh. this Asian dude, totally quiet, like a uh-huh. very quiet guy. His right. name is Arthur Koo. And, uh, K-U or C-O-O? I think it was K-H-U, I think it was. I'm not sure. Asian A-H, dude. Silent G. Yeah. O-U-U-S. And uh, uh, but he was a quiet, unassuming guy. But what, what turned out is like his family was a very musical family, and nobody knew. Right. And he, the guy, was a fucking incredible guitar player. Oh wow! And so they had like a, I don't know, it was like a, 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 a whatever. What do you call a thing? Like a battle of the bands or uh-huh. a talent show? A talent show, right? Right. And so he came out 
and with his band, mm-hmm. and he started in on crazy the, the crazy train like wow no 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 everyone's yeah. like holy fucking shit <laughs> and he went from like the dude like quiet Asian dude to like the fucking uh, you know getting well, Randy Rhodes you know Randy Rhodes you know you know the like, thing is I did make a lot of friends that you know, it was really the first thing I belonged to was the high school band yeah. it was like a team and you really make friends and then you actually get to know people and from that point you actually have kind of a social life and you start to uh, I don't know belong to stuff care about stuff right I mean if you think about it that harmonica really opened the doors to I know because you you rallied to figure out how to fucking be great at the harmonica I would have likely become a shiftless loner (laughs) probably petty crime and I would have been terrible at it so like manager at McDonald's yeah no I've been a gumless uh, (laughs) blowjob queen in a prison somewhere (laughs) no I'd have been (laughs) I'd have been gumming up the special sauce in prison (laughs) because I was a terrible criminal But that's so amazing, though, that that, well, that, that instrument did that. But it's, and it's also like, I yeah. mean, you talk about it in the book that it's like, you're getting straight Fs. And the I've only reason they're keeping you around is because you are It's excellent. awesome to get straight Fs if you can somehow get away with it. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> the thing is, you get one D and everyone throws you a party. Sure. So if you get F after F after <laughs> F after it. F and get like a D minus, like, oh, that's awesome. You're doing a lot better. You've got to just really throw your audience, or namely your parents and the faculty, a bone. <laughs> sure. And just, you know, lower expectations. But that's like the Steve Lemmy story is that, he, you know, he failed out of college. Yeah. And was a we shiftless. Talked about this last time. A yeah. shiftless guy sleeping on the couch, my couch. And Long then, hair, earrings. And now, look at him. The model of success, See, the picture of success. In my opinion, this is just my opinion, you made one error, and that's you did it after you grew up. Like you were in college, so you needed his couch. I right. had my parents' couch. <laughs> right, right. They've got to, the law says they've got to take care of you. Sure, right? to yeah. a certain age. So just stop doing any work. I know. I had to what borrow money do? from these guys. I borrowed right. money from them. I owed like. Uh, I owe my parents so much friggin' money. It's awesome. You yeah. paid them back. Then. But well, probably. <laughs> I mean, think. Of, I mean, how much orange juice did I drink? Did <laughs> sure. I cover that? Sure. Eventually, and did. I slobbered all over it. I didn't put the lid back on. But no, I was it's a, a, a pay it forward. You're going to buy your daughter. Look at your relationship now. with your parents <laughs> right. as like a, a college roommate, yeah. and you were a terrible college absolutely, roommate. Absolutely, absolutely. You shit everywhere. But it's you not a quid pro quo. Di- it's like you're drunk, like when you're a baby. It's like right. the drunk times. Right. You vomited all over everything. They oh yeah. Spoon feed you. Yeah. yeah. They, they cleaned the bathroom. The yeah. fucking that you used to oh, shit in. And yeah, you're right. It is the payback now is with the daughter. Yeah. Now that's she's gonna do that to you. So don't worry. But about here's it. the thing. My parents had seven kids. Uh, I'm chopping that shit off, man. You're I'm, done. Yeah, oh my god. No, Why do I want done. another one? Why? Because it's bullshit. That's what he says. Or everybody says. No. Wait. Hold on a second. But I have, get, I have two though. I have two. Right. And, and so you're saying two is the number? Well, they can play with each other, and that's fucking great. And that's by the way, gonna save you a, a lot. Dog. Of, what I'm saying is like your wife will be like you're right your wife right now is like never again and then in about she's three months minded about it because she's younger than me she's 27 I know but she's going to be like in like three four months she's going to be like I'm ready to go again that's why I chop shit off (laughs) is daddy ready to go by the way here's a fucking crazy thing and we didn't talk about this last night but we should have you pulled that baby out of your wife's vagina yes I did Without her being on any drugs or anything, she was uh, the high priestess of birthing. She was amazing. But in the hospital, you were in the hospital. Yeah, in we, went to a, we went to. We went to. No, we went to a hospital. Okay. Uh, it was uh, an hour away, and I got us there in thirty-five minutes. Nice. Okay. At Mercedes Halls. Okay. Yeah, it was an empty Sunday night too. Okay, I drove hard on our second kid to the hospital, and my wife told me to slow down. She's like, "If we if we die, if we all die, it doesn't fucking well, matter." She kind of you know I mean? she might have wanted me to, but she knew this was my one thing. Sure, sure, this is your thing. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna get you. to I got the a hospital. car. We're going. Yeah. Batmobile's ready. Yeah, Let's yeah, yeah. go. 
boom, and you went. Yeah. And how did you, you just were in the delivery room and you pulled the baby out or you were assisted? Uh, oh, I was there the whole time. The problem yeah. was we were all about to go to bed. Her parents came out because we figured it would be pretty it was close. soon. Yeah. And um, they just got there. They went to bed. And she, I think she was waiting for them because as soon as they go to bed, Suddenly, ow, all right, I think this is it. Yeah. And like, I'm ready for bed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, oh, shit, it's time for the baby. And we race to the hospital, get there, and she's like, draw me a bath. And like, there's tenders. <laughs> I will sit in the bath now. Right. Like, yeah, right away. Like, they, they totally know, you know, sure. the, uh, the birth wives, yeah. the midwives. And every now and then, one of them goes, she should teach a class. <laughs> this is your wife to teach a class? Yeah. Yeah, 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 and yeah. Like she's like, now I will need this, and I like, yeah. and she knew exactly. She'd been reading up on it. She okay. was ready. Right. You know, her mom was a uh, her grandmother's a big sex therapist, and so okay. she was on this. And the whole time, I'm like there, like groaning with her, like, uh, uh, <laughs> and I start falling asleep. Like, uh, <laughs> and then like, you're wake like, up. <laughs> and. So at one point, they was like, it's going to be another, like, six hours now. You might want to take a nap because they can just see me, like, really falling asleep. And Jordan didn't hear them say that. And so she came over okay. and, like, kicked me hard. Oh, to <laughs> get know? you up? Yeah. Jesus. So finally around the morning, it looked like a little bird thing, uh, you know, like a baby robin was. Right. You just see a tuft of hair. Yeah. Coming out of thinking, there. The first thing you're thinking is baby heads are tinier than I thought they'd be. Yeah. You're thinking, you're suddenly thinking it's the size of a lemon. Yeah. Mm. And um, that's just how babies are. And I completely overestimated the size of this. Sure. But that was just the very beginning of the head. Right. When it pops out, it goes from that to bloop, the size of like a small typewriter yeah. comes shooting out. Yeah. Like Even a little alien comes sort of, out of there. Yeah. Like typewriter yeah. shape. And like yeah. the most confused look like, what the fuck? That's what the baby's thinking. Sure. Yeah. And then you grab the head and you pull, and the rest of it comes right out like a little bird attached to it. Yeah. Right. And by the way, kind it's of very like, bird-like. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Gooey. And, and with very gooey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and a little horsey to him, like with the wet. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, because yeah, you you birthed the cult. It sounds like yeah. you know, like a. <laughs> yeah. And you pull with the hands in there. Well, yeah, and so then even like a touch of Grandpa Simpson, like that, like the triangle head, sometimes uh -huh. a little bit. Like yeah. Oh, definitely a pointy head. head. Definitely. And was there any Grandpa time? Simpson, exactly. Yeah. Was well, there a time where you were uh, got a little queasy or anything like that, or? You okay no, that, you know, you're more fascinated. It is fascinating. I actually was in uh, Afghanistan, and I saw them operating on a dude's head. Yeah. And they had his brain oh, exposed. God. And you think you'd throw up, but you're more like, whoa, is that his brain? Right. Like, you get kind of fascinated. Yeah. And uh, it's n that's not as gross as, uh, you know, Thiesman. The Thiesman. The leg break. Yeah. Thiesman was that, crazy. Right, that's gross. creeps me out. Like, shit like that is what sure, really sure. No, I, I, I was cool with it. I, I, I was good until there was a point at the end. Where um, my wife had had like a high blood pressure high blood pressure problem because of the uh, the blood vessels in her whatever yeah, placenta she, were she, fucked up, right? And so they so they they had the baby we had the baby early, but anyway, so uh, I was totally fine. Went through the whole thing, and then what happened was the doctor took the placenta after after the baby was out and everything was out. Took the placenta and spread it out on the table. To what? investigate the blood vessels, oh, I got you. and she's like, "No, she, she said, oh, Kevin, some weird come here, look at this now. Look how the blood vessels are clumped here." And this at that point, I was like, "Very oh. rich." That was the point where I was. That's that, I was going to go down. Be very wealthy. <laughs> yeah, right. She's it's like when you see like, when an exotic uh, fish has washed up on the beach. Yeah, and then it's dead for a while. Yeah. And like, it, that's what that placenta looks like. But yeah, that's like uh, you know a bruise. You know, to me, that's like uh, it's already out of her. So yeah, if it's gushy, that means she got rid of it. It's expelled. Uh, yeah, 
You know, like yeah. I, I've popped to enough zits in my life. To take, sure. You know. I think it was just the goo factor for me. I don't know. Sometimes the goo factor gets me, even in horror movies. Too the much goo, factor. and I'm like, It is amazing what a vagina does. Cause yeah. It, I now think of it more like the um, the plant in uh, Rocky Heart. No, not Rocky Heart. <laughs> <Pitch> show. Um, <laughs> uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop of Horrors, right. The Seymour. The Seymour. Yeah, yeah. And if you just picture the very tip of that thing's lips, that's the vagina we think of. Right. Mm. But it really has beneath it at the, you know, <laughs> such a powerful sure. musculature. Sure, there's some shit that under there. All of us, women as well, don't understand. Is right. under that. Like, I think women are as surprised at a certain point. Like, holy shit, it's like having wings. Or, right, you know, right. I'm, I have a th- right. fifth and sixth set of limbs that can, like, bench press a house. I've, I've, got, got, a so I've got a boner. You got a boner, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, by of... the way, speaking of goo, yeah. uh, there is this uh, kid in my school who was he... awesome at electric guitar. His, he was a Chinese. <laughs> yeah. Arthur Goo. Goo. Yeah. Arthur Goo. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just time for my bad jokes. Oh. I know. I love it. Um, just I love it. Jokes. So the so the thing covered the book covers your early days. And wait, then wait, hold it, on. And yeah, I want to say go. something else, which is yeah. that I yeah. think one of the reasons that we're friends is because you yeah. have a good stomach. Like I don't. I'm a little embarrassed now about your goo, uh, your placenta story. Yeah. Hey, we can all get embarrassed about each other's. Why goo. are you embarrassed? You don't. You... I because I actually uh, people with weak stomachs really drive me crazy. Oh. Like, okay. like you know, like when you're at a table uh. and and you like you at the dinner table and you bring up something that might be like a little off color and sure yeah like, i can't talk about this right now I, it's turning but when have you ever seen me do that before uh never until just now <laughs> i don't I, you know at I, the end of every meal i always say i'm as full as a tick on a hemophiliac because i made that up and i'm proud of that that's a good one. Okay. joke okay and i sort of feel like it's my duty to make sure that every waiter in the world hears that joke yeah but i've said it at the end of every thanksgiving dinner my family like took a petition that i don't say that anymore mm-hmm <laughs> And um, that makes me want to say it. They're like, and now I don't say it, and they're all thinking it, which is even like a bigger victory for me. Yeah, you've done it. Don't say it. Say what? And then someone will invariably say, tick on a hemophiliac. Yeah. You know, I feel as though I've won. Yeah, they can't unknow that joke. Yeah. But I'm just saying, people with weak stomachs drive me crazy. Like, you know, like, uh, that just everything turns their stomach. I can't be friends with people like that. I had a guy at a restaurant tell me to stop talking. Really? Just like, I'm sitting over there, and you guys are disgusting. Could you please stop talking? Oh, motherfucker. Wow. Because of what you were saying? Yeah, or? and the thing is, it's always at that moment that I don't remember what I was talking about. It's right. Like, um, I, I have to take your word for about? it. Yeah, like, I don't even remember, like, which okay. part. Was it a tick joke? Was it a tick joke? Yeah, yeah it was a tick joke. Was yeah. it, the, uh, was it the, the person who eats the boils off of uh, the woman's uh, asshole? Yeah, that was it. That was it. That's but, in John's book, you know, by the way. The, the term gnarl can mean a lot of things. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, we, I had that with uh, Adam Arkin on an airplane. Not right. turning the stomach. Please make that Alan Arkin. It was at, it was, it was that's the son. funny thing about oh, it. It's the, the son. son. It was his son. Oh, okay. It was the son. That's the funny thing about it. The one who's wow. on Chicago Hope. I love Alan Arkin. Yeah. His son, I however. Yeah. I was sitting with uh, one of the Broken Wizard with guys. Alan Arkin's son? We were on an airplane playing cards. We, like uh, Paul Soder and I were playing cards with each other all flight long. Uh-huh. About an hour into it, uh, Paul went up and went to the bathroom, and uh, Adam Arkin came over. He was in the... The aisle over from us, and he said, uh, "You thought he was going to s- well, like say hi or something." Well, because yeah. here was the thing: is we were casting Club Dread at the time. Yeah, right. we were starting getting Club Dread, and we were t- we had been Paul and I had been talking about Bill Paxton, like yeah. for the role. Right. And so when Paul got up, you know, it's those things you have like a thousand word thought in that one instant yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Is Adam Arkin coming over here to ask f- to read the script for Club a Dread?" A very respectable thought to pop into your head. That's sure, in my head. that makes total sense. Sure. Instead, he said, "Um." Listen, the, uh, the 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 cutting of the cards, it's it just it's cutting through the air like a knife. I was wondering Aww. if you guys could stop playing cards, <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, uh, sorry about Fuck that. We'll that. be we'll be quiet. And then my my favorite thing to think about is 
the next minute or two from Adam Arkin's perspective because uh-huh. from his perspective, Paul Soder came out of the bathroom, sat down next to me. I whispered something to him, uh-huh. and then Soder burst out laughing. <laughs> laughing, <laughs> and, then, and then we just started playing cards. There again. you go. Yeah, and you didn't. You still cut the cards, though, right? We were, you know, we're not jerks. We like we did it quiet. I would cut that thing louder. See, yeah. this is where I this is where I have trouble with society. Yeah, you know, when I was uh, four hundred thirty pounds, the stewardess would always, you know, slip you the belt extender like it'll be our little secret, like here, mm. and you're supposed to be like, thank you, I'm sorry. Yeah. And instead, I would go, um, excuse me, stewardess, I'm so sorry I'm so big and fat. Could you get me the big fatty fat super fat extender for the fat people? Oh, I'm sorry that they didn't design the plane for big fat slobs like me. I'm sorry I have to fly. <laughs> I didn't mean to fly, but they need me to fly somewhere, and I need the super fatty. F- and you've never seen a woman run so fast to just shut me down. I'll get up. it. I'll get it. Yeah. Another thing I do when I'm in a wheelchair, I was in a wheelchair for two years when I crashed my bike. And we're in a restaurant, and if you know it's too tight, I would like sort of purposely bump into people's tables while they're eating. Like <laughs> yeah. they're all looking at me. This isn't fun. Everyone's laughing at me because I'm in a wheelchair. I want to go home. And you'd say stuff like in that tone of voice, and you've never seen people ignore you as hard sure. as they can, eating their food. Like don't look, don't look, don't look. This is really good rigatoni. Yeah. Guy in a wheelchair, don't look. Why is everybody laughing at me? I'm always fascinated with the you know the the person's first sentence to the other after that moment where it is like like so how is your rigatoni anyway? Yeah, I think the first <laughs> word is usually so. Yeah, so uh, or anyway. So. <laughs> so. Um, all right, go. I was gonna say, uh, just in terms of the, the story, the stories you're not supposed to tell. Yeah. What were the what were the we had this conversation uh, last week actually? Our friend Jay Chenersegar is writing a book. Yes, and I heard a little bit about this. You, and so we had a little back and forth, a little fun back and forth about... You got really PO'd about a completely made-up story. Well, That got, you're claiming is fabricated, that he's insisting he got is mad. factual. I didn't get mad. He gets mad. He got mad, right? That is well, code yeah. for you got mad. No, no, I didn't, though. No. What I was I saying was uh, Stolhansky read... Stottle's giving it all. He's, he's laughing yeah, his Stott, ass. Stottle, don't give it away. Yeah. No, but Stolhansky, like, Stolhansky read one of the chapters yeah. that was a story about Stolhansky and Jay, and... Was like this has never happened right. before. Like this is completely wrong. And Jay and Eric got into a little argument about it. Eric said the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. By the way, what? A little sidebar. Yeah. What could it be? We're driving back from when I saw you guys in New York, and um, I'm there with a guy from my publishing company who's telling me about this list of words that are used and saw they. F- scientifically proven these songs are the most effective songs for selling like greeting cards or music and the words like tomorrow or love or you know and i'm like so what is what are these words says, well i got a list i'll send it to you and there's this long pause and eric's in the cab with us and he goes watermelon it's <laughs> <laughs> like that summed it up for me yeah let's right, yeah. so continue okay the word watermelon um yeah. Yeah, well, the, 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 the discussion we had with Shandra Sekar last week on the podcast was, yeah. um, you know, should we – he asked us if we wanted to fact-check it and why we wanted to fact-check it. Right. It's just objectivity versus subjectivity and, you know, like He's what? wondering why you want to fact-check. Yeah, well, he, know, he, uh, he said, I know that you guys think uh, I have the worst memory in the group, but in fact, I have the best memory in the group. Right. I see. So Which he, made us laugh. So he's claiming that these are facts. He's no. not, though. He's claiming they're his facts. So we, we went back to the Robert Evans book where it's right. like there are three sides of every story, my side, your side, In the truth. In my book, I make an explicit, legally binding statement Yeah, that none of this is – I'm claiming none of this is factual. Right. This is all 
my perception, my memory of a perception of how I thought it went. And do you think that that's the, I mean, I guess that's the way you have to tell the stories, right? I, I have to. I you mean, could go ask some of your, your bandmates I'm sure or whatever that my it is. Bandmates, I'm sure that people who were there have completely different versions of this, and I yeah. can't say they're any less valid. Okay. Because I was wasted. I was doing stuff. I was, sure. And I'm also having my... Uh, what's going through my head of how it's going down? Yeah, I mean, but as you're as you're relaying these stories, then does that does that concern you, or are you like, fuck it, I'm just going to tell the story as I remember? I'm it. I'm very uh, I, like I'll hear people mention friends of mine, and I'm like, oh god, I hope that you know that's not what I'm saying. But the truth is, I, I'm telling my version, and people will have to perceive it the way they do, and my friends will have every right to uh, say that's not how it happened, and they w- might be. Were right. there any of those stories? Like as you look through really the stories now, not to, well, the where you're like, I fuck, was, uh, maybe I shouldn't tell a story, that kind um, of thing, or no? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope. But those are the good stories. That's I meant, I meant every story in there. Uh, I, I, I believed at the time that I told these stories that I was being, you know, playful and innocent, and I don't think that I incriminated anybody yeah. badly. I tried to paint everybody with uh, from their point of view as much as I could perceive it. Did you? But did you have that moment of like maybe I shouldn't tell this one? I, I, I really no. have trouble with that button. Yeah, like yeah. I, I kind of feel that way. No, about, I think that's cool. I think some people do. People don't. I feel yeah. that way about everything I say. You know, yeah. like, I'm so used to being in trouble that I, I think those that really know me know that I have a bad edit button. Right. Well, but that's you know we talked about that, that makes it for a good book. Yeah, you know, that, yeah, I know that makes people, for a good book and a lot of pissed off friends. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, every friend I've seen, uh, who's uh, every friend I know who's seen uh, what's in the book. Uh, th- there's one complaint, and that's uh, some of them were like, "I was there too, and you didn't mention me." <laughs> okay, you know? okay. So so far, I'm not. Okay, that's wood. not that bad. So you haven't gotten anybody coming back and saying, "Not yet, Popper." And if How they, you if I say that, yeah, I hope I haven't pissed anybody off, but uh, unless they were dicks. But but you also, I try not to talk about the dicks. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you also have things that go the other way, like you know, we were talking about the fact that, like in the book, there's one story where Chan gets credit for something sweet yeah. that you did. We're on acid on a rooftop having this acid jam. Is the ba- your, the blues traveler? Blues traveler. Okay, yeah. And you know, I don't. We're twenty something. You know, twenty four, twenty five. I'm pretty damn young. And the guys are younger. I'm the oldest guy in the bit. So, bunch of teenagers on a rooftop. There's a keg. There's a bunch of tripping people. It's like 1988, 89. Sure. And uh, you see the skyline of New York. It's beautiful as it's getting dark. We were probably doing the same exact thing. Somebody mm-hmm. breaks a guitar string, and we don't have a tuner. So okay. I'm the only one who can tune by ear. And so trying to tune when you're on acid is really... <laughs> it's like, in tune with what? In tune with the universe? Right. Like, what is tune anyway? <laughs> it's like... <laughs> What were we doing? <laughs> and you're just seeing the entire roof kind of go with this tuning. It became sort of the song. And uh, in the book, because of a misprint, it says a Chan tuned it. And I, I wrote in the copy I gave him, like, we both know who tuned that guitar that night. <laughs> right. Enjoy your glory. You know, another thing is you're trying to see what key the harmonica is, and it's like an Egyptian hieroglyph instead yeah. of a letter. Okay. It's like 34. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what can I do with that key? We finally get the whole thing working, by the way. And then this old lady goes, all right, you're closed for the night. So then people are just tripping and milling about this building <laughs> on the stairwell. The stairwell became the party. And the Where was morning, it in New York? Where was it? Um, somebody's apartment building, okay. you know, somewhere midtown. And uh, uh, the next morning, uh, somebody's Honda Rabbit got the keg right through the windshield. Oh, Jesus. You knew it was going to go over the side. At least nobody went over the side right. themselves. Sure. Or and you guys, were you guys as a band having success at that point of that story? Or yeah, no? well, we were kind of known as uh, that. We sort of had a little scene where... Um, we were all going to different schools. Our parents said, you know, you either got to go to school or yeah. get a job. 
So we said, we're going to school, and then we would just skip school and just learn how to get gigs. Right. And you know, my school is a music school, so we had practice rooms and amps and stuff. Yeah. And so uh, we would go to various friends we made in school. You know, they'd have parties, and you know, there's a lot of acid parties and sure. nitrous. Nitrous was all. I don't know why. Yeah, like that was the same. Like early '90s, there was a lot of acid in, in early '90s, late '80s. Yeah. A lot of acid in New York City. A lot of acid. <laughs> yeah. That was probably us. <laughs> I don't know. Like our friend Lance yeah. probably was. Uh, maybe. It was maybe probably one guy who was like. But we spent many nights on guy. rooftops. Uh, oh yeah. That same year, because yeah. we had talked about this last time, but uh-huh. we because we had to be in the same universe because we, really we would. We would go to the wetlands all the time, and we would see was you it. guys and Spin Doctors and Joan Osborne and the, that band, The Authority, which we yeah, loved, Yeah, The Authority, too. was and, that was from the New School. That was yeah. another like school project from the New School. That was Rennie Lopez. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we'd go play with them. Dave Masucci. They, they were all, like, students at The New School. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so um, it sounds like you were, like, a year or two behind us. Well, yeah. and, and a buddy of ours was in The Hatters. Mad Hatters. Yeah. I remember the Hatters. Yeah. yeah, or the Hatters. They had to change their name because the Mad Hatters was taken. Right, they like had to that. become yeah. the Hatters. Yeah, <laughs> oh my yeah, god! Yeah, yeah. So you really do go back. That's funny. That's oh, funny. Well, that, wow. a, a buddy of ours uh, from college, his younger brother was in that band. But yeah. So we went to no way the Wetlands North River Bar, which was right next. North to River Bar, the, yeah. the unsung. It was like the sacrificial wetlands. It was the bar that nobody oh. went to. That was my favorite brother. bar. That was yeah. my favorite bar. That's we why played, we went there. We, we was that it was big. That's where my little brother got on stage in one of our shows and did his Bruce Springsteen dance that from the video. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, so he did this the, gun is for high, dance, dance in the dark. Right, yeah. he did the Courtney Cox. The Courtney Cox thing. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. is that the yeah the Courtney Cox? He did yeah, the Courtney Cox. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, no. So so you were packing the wetlands, and we uh, we wanted were, an empty bar. So we, we were flash bowling over the North there River. There you go. Exactly. That's, Dan that's what it was. You were yeah, North yeah. River. Yeah. Uh, Dan Lynch. You were at Dan. Lynch. Dan Lynch is where they threw us out of because uh, we'd go to the open mic night. Uh, you know, we'd go to blues jams. That's what was around. Yeah. And we immediately started with uh, Slow Change, which was, you know, we didn't know how to turn amps down then, too. So everything's on 10. And that's in 7-4, which okay. is every okay. blues club's favorite. You know, okay. And we're all, like, stretching out and getting, you know, really deep purple with it. And uh, <laughs> they're like, wait, stop, stop, stop. Uh, you can just go. Just go. <laughs> they kicked us out. Really? Yeah. We left, and what was cool is next door was Nightingales, and we just kind of went okay. in there. Wait, where's Night? I remember that. It was Thirteenth right, Street and Second. Okay, Tim. Oh Bluto's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim Bluto's was, band used to play there. I, I remember going to Nightingales, seeing bands there. Do you yeah. remember John O'Man's uh, Joey Miserable and the Worms? It was okay. a band there. And, I remember uh, the Sweet Tones was another one. And Thirteenth yeah, Street and Second Avenue. John O'Manson. He's the guy yeah. that was there and took us under his wing. Now, Joan Osborne was like the first person I met. And she took me to the Nightingale. Okay, we would go see Joan Osborne somewhere in Chelsea, though it was like on Eighth Avenue. Avenue. Yeah, she started getting going. It was like Blue something. I can't remember what it was. I can't remember. Was and then was there a number connected? Under Acme or not under Acme? Can't remember. But she. The funny thing was, she recorded something like an album or something. I I remember there were numbers. Yeah. Oh no, then no. We. The funny thing is, we went one night and she was recording something, some sort of a live recording. Yeah. And um, we had a friend with us. And his name's Cackles, and he because he called him Cackles because he's a terrible, like a really fucked oh, up, okay. funny laugh. And uh, if you thing. listen to the recording, yeah. you can hear uh, his laughter in the uh, nice. in the thing. He was so proud of himself for that. Yeah. Go Cackles. Wasn't Nightingales pretty close by to the Stomp Theater? It wasn't Stomp nearby. Yeah, Stomp it was like right up the street, but none yeah. of us were aware of it though. You, you never. I remember Stomp? that. I think no. Hedgepath lived I've over never that. Never seen Stomp. Yeah, <laughs> no. I didn't either. but Stomp uh, got rave reviews. It did get rave reviews. Yeah. A must-see thrill action-packed oh, uh, yeah. 
Rompfest. But the other stuff. another uh, well, another thing in the in the book, which is a big a whole big thing, was about your getting to MSG, getting to Master Square Garden, right? That was yes. the, that was uh, like the golden ring for you guys. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. But then uh, Bobby was such a big-hearted guy that there was this guy at the rehearsal space who had yeah. this human fly suit that was like you touched a part and it would say something he'd record like blues, 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 <laughs> traveler, traveler. <laughs> and I was like, we gotta get this dude opening for us. So we figured, all right, maybe five-minute intro. Right, right. He comes out and does 45 minutes. Of doing what? Touching his suit? Blues, traveler, traveler, blues, Jesus. traveler, traveler. Anyone yank him off? Get the big fucking we, sheep's hook it to didn't pull him off the guy? It didn't occur thing? to us how to do that. <laughs> like, we were too, like, that just wasn't what we did. And uh, You needed Peter Grant. You hear the crowd going, <sighs> and then eventually, <sighs> and then eventually, <sighs> <laughs> Get the fuck off the stage! And milling about, and then we finally come Boo. out like, hey! but like we basically that ten year ovation we were working sure. for, we gave it to some human fly dude. Yeah. But it was kind of cool because I, I like in reading that story, uh-huh. you had the opportunity to go there earlier to open for Spin Doctors, who were a guy, yes. a bands that were kind of like. Our best friends. Yeah. And it was really just that point of probably we were working so long to get there and their record got huge. Yeah. And they wanted us to open for them at New Year's and we just had our tradition and we wanted to keep doing it. Right. You know, and it, it was a it was a tough call because it was good money and... And you could have played Massacre Garden earlier than you, but you wanted to headline that. Yeah, I mean, we wanted you to wanted headline to, it yeah. and we wanted to like uh, do it as a, you know, a New Year's tradition. We've been killing the lives of the cat town. Uh-huh. See, uh, the cat's our mascot. Okay. And we started the thing yep. in 91, so it's count his lives down to the new year. Okay. And Dave Graham, who's Bill Graham's son, was our manager. Right. So Bill Graham was, at the Grateful Dead thing was Father Time, the baby new year. They'd have a oh, new okay. year's thing. Okay. So that was like a big that was part your of it. Homage to that. Yes, we had to do, have our own little ceremony. The, okay. you, oh, there were a couple of stories. So silly. I liked, you know, when you're talking about at MSG. Yeah, going up in the elevator with the. Oh yeah, that was that was an MSG moment right there. Yeah, yeah. There's this little um, elevator operator, and he looked like he was a thousand year old, four foot tall little old man, right? Wearing his you know elevator operator uniform. Yeah. That's you know it's polished, but you can tell it's seen some days. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, man, this guy has seen. All of it. Everything in Madison Square Garden. I could picture him being the elevator operator in like 1938 or something. Sure, sure. And I start talking to him like, man, you must have seen it all. Like Frank Sinatra probably when he played here and, you know, the Ollie Frazier fight probably. The Rolling Stones every time they came here. Pink Floyd. I mean, what is your, what's your favorite band you've seen here? And he looked up at me with his kindly old eyes and he said... Get the fuck on the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> and that yeah, yeah. is a New York story. It's my just friend. a job. It's yeah. just a job. I love that. Get I almost, the fuck on the elevator. I almost choked uh, milk through my yeah. nose See, when I read that. For me, that's why I love New York right yeah. there. That's yeah. New York City. But, you know, you, there's, so there was another thing uh, which really affected me. It did turn my stomach, which was when you talk about how you were on your way there and yeah. they're like, you, you've only sold 6,000 seats. Which, <laughs> I know. You know, only. And you're bummed because it's like. Only. Yeah, but then he shows up, and actually, they have sold the place out. Oh. Um, yeah, they, they forgot. Well, you, that the fuck was, up? They, they forgot there was like fourteen thousand more seats than sold. In there. <laughs> who, oh yeah, who and forgot? Seats, I don't know who, but Jesus. that is kind of a, a glaring omission. I yeah, would yeah. say, and like we're coming up to the day, and we were really expecting this thing to suck and be completely, you know, like a trickling of people in there. Yeah, and that is something you work really hard for. 
Um, in the book, the, it mentions a time we tried to like reserve Madison Square Garden because Fish generally has that room booked. Right. For do they do they do New Year's Eve it um, usually or uh, no? I don't know if they do it anymore. But back yeah. then in yeah. uh, in the nineties, they were doing it every year. Okay. And they, yeah. You know, and there was one year where we felt like we could do it, and they had the hold on it. Oh, okay. So there's this point where you can challenge the hold, and they have 48 hours, so you have right. to plunk down like $600,000, and they have uh, 48 hours to respond. Okay. And if they pony up 600000 then they get to keep the hold. Jesus, okay. So we had to find a time when they were busy. They, they were going to Scotland. <laughs> so you could sneak it in yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. We are trying to like find that time when they were Couldn't you just call them up and say, hey, dude, come on. Well, no, because then they'd be like, no, we want it. Yeah. They wanted it. Yeah. So um, they're in Scotland. Okay. And this is before there was really interweb. So sure, sure. They're in Scotland, and at 2 in the morning, we start it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so now, like, he can't uh, get through. It's working perfectly. There's yeah. only one person who represents fish in America at the time, and it's their accountant. Okay. And he's in New York. <laughs> we send a stripper Sleepy. to him every 15 minutes That's to hysterical. just take her clothes off and read from Sammy Davis Jr.'s Yes, I Can. <laughs> Holy shit. That's every hysterical. 15 minutes. So it's like creating this utter, like, paralyzing bedlam sure. in his office, and he can't get anything done. And he's demanding to know who sent you guys. Right. And apparently there's a stripper's oath. I didn't know this, but they that wouldn't. Right? Yeah, they wouldn't tell him. Like they had a You're vow to their craft. Yeah, I okay. Love that. And he threatened them with arrest, but they would not tell him. And so, I think this book is where it finally gets revealed. And here's the kicker: with two hours to go, like we're pulling it off. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We're all watching the clock. Like a t- John Paluska, Fish's manager, manages to call somebody in Scotland who knows somebody who can get to some computer and wire six thousand six hundred thousand dollars to Massive Square Garden oh with two God. hours to go. Oh God. I almost made it, you know. I had to salute him. It was Did you it was get your beautiful. Money back, Lisa, oh yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> but it's like I I gave you my best, sir. It right. Was, it was like that you moment. Tried. Of, it was like friendly rivalry. We were pushing each other, you right? Know? And it was I was proud of him. I was like, that's, that's amazing. badass. That's mm-hmm. amazing. That's that's the end of the MSG chapter, right? That that that's a good moment. You're like, yeah. It's okay, like wow. Yeah. But God. you got to, but that was like you had already played it by then. No, right? we, we we just had to go play somewhere else. The truth is, but I'm saying you had already played MSG Masters Square Garden at some point um, before I, that incident, or I no? Don't remember. It or you played been, after it? Could have been before or after. Okay. But you know that was the thing. We we got it one year, and I think maybe we were trying for the next year. That could have been. Yeah. 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 That might make sense. But really, you were just trying to always get that room. Like you felt. Like, that was always the big prize, and just getting sure. to play it once was pretty awesome. 20,000 people. I mean, what yeah, the fuck? Yeah, that must have been a thrill. And, you know, growing up on the East Coast, you just that was the room. Sure. I think out West, it's kind of the gorge, or like the Hollywood Bowls. Yeah, yeah. You know, those things are pretty cool. But I know, you know, Lemmy, as a young, as a young man grew up in New York City, that was your big thing, going to Master Garden all shows. My, all my first concerts. My first con- show there was The Kinks, yeah. followed oh, yeah. by... ACDC. ACDC. Yeah. I was at the ACDC concert at uh, Mass. In '83, the for those about to rock tour. 80, no, not '83. It was later. I just noticed that uh, Angus got on someone's shoulders and they ran him around yeah. the audience. That's his move. See, yeah. it's like you get to rest even though you get credit for running. Yeah, I thought that's kind of cool. We yeah. just saw them at uh, Dodger Stadium. The guy's sixty-five years old, still doing the same thing. Is he still running? Yeah, that man runs run all the way up down anyone the stage. in rock and roll. Yeah, this like, was, he runs up the stairs. He runs down the stairs. Yeah. He runs over here. You know he's coming back. Yeah, yeah. He's, here he is. Yeah, he's sweating. Just he's once I want him to like run and, and like never come just back. Just stop. Yeah. <laughs> like where did he go? 
He's Did still you find running. Him? You see him on the highway. Like they get a little media <laughs> helicopter. He's running back. Where to Australia. is Angus? He's running, <laughs> running back. To he's running across he's Pacific like a, Ocean. To see Australia. how far he can run in one concert. Just yeah. Aim him in a direction. He's got his Fitbit on. That's how you know when you're old. He's Angus Young is wearing his Fitbit. Yeah. To track see, his steps. I need a Fitbit, man. I'm ready for the hover round. I was ready for the hover round when I was 20, man. <laughs> My friends wouldn't let me have one. Did your friends ever talk you out? Like, no, you can't have a hover round. Oh, I would love one of those. I have to admit, I don't know what a hover round is. Oh, is what, lucky! Is bastard. it a vehicle? Yeah, it's like for people. People who are handicapped can't. Uh, the, like the wheelchair. I want. I would like one of those. things. It's like a scooter, but it's it's built like a scooter. But lower. Yeah, and you just put around and like indoors, and you can has a little horn. Right, it's all yeah. downhill from there. George though. Costanza had one on Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah the yeah. horn. The horn is the best feature. And my friends were always like, "You so want one that you can't have one." You, I think I'm really ready. I'm almost 50 now. Just, <laughs> I think don't get 50. I just want to give up and just have a hover. Don't around. do it. Come on. Don't do it. For your 50th birthday. Segway. Go segway. All right. See, segway <laughs> isn't a segway just a slippery slope to a hover around. It, well, it isn't because like you're, you're still standing stuff. up. You're still standing what's up. What's the new thing? What's the Kinda. new thing that you just stand on? Hoverboard. Or, uh, uh, screw it, that thing. What's that thing? Hoverboard, right? That's those a, things, those things that blow up. They explode. Those things explode. How can something like a skateboard explode? Dude, you should have seen me lithium batteries. You should have seen me when I rode. Lithium batteries. Yeah. When, when I used to ride my skateboard. Yeah. Blow that shit up every um, day. You did double back floopies. The whole shit. The I, floopies I, and the double wingers. I flooped. I the, floopied. I saw a, um, a story about you on the internet. You probably read one. I did. Yeah. And I saw it and then I read it. Yeah. But, um, and I don't know if it's in the book or not. And I don't know if I'm, if, if I'm allowed to bring it up. Hey, bring up whatever you okay. want. Okay. There was something about you getting roofied. In yes. Las Vegas? A, is that in the book? That's in Hooker the book. stole my watch, yeah. What's that, what, what was that? What happened okay. there? Okay, I'll tell you exactly what happened. Okay. Uh, I went to a party with my manager, and I got really drunk. Yeah. And I'm in my hotel room, uh, in my hotel lobby, going to the elevator, and I think I'm going to have one more drink. Okay. I remember meeting a lady. Okay. I remember we're in my elevator. Okay. I remember I'm told to go into my room and get in my underwear. Okay. I was not looking for a hooker. I okay. I really wasn't. Okay. And uh, I wake up in the morning. But you don't even know if she was a hooker. She was, was she or no? Well, it, who, she who was she? She okay. had to be. Yeah, it was. Well, in retrospect. Yeah. Yeah. She very clearly it was like, this is a hooker. At but some point, with a, with a, at some point, I was drunk. A hooker with going, a plan. At some point, I was with drunk. With a heart like of Okay. Yeah. You know, I was like floating sure. along like, sure. Should I come this way? Right. And, uh. I wake up and I'm in my wife beater and underwear, and no sex had occurred. Right, that's the same outfit, same position. Um, <laughs> my wallet is empty. Holy shit! And I still had my phone. Yeah, and my watch was gone. Holy shit! Yeah. But, so it was a. But see, you were targeted. Uh, yeah, but see, here's the thing. Um, I called the cops, and that's what happens. Is most people are too embarrassed. But yeah. I wasn't married at the time. Yeah, you know, I, I had I was in a relationship where I was allowed to. I wasn't looking for a hooker, but sure. Nobody's going to get mad at me if I was at a right. hooker. And right. The thing is, uh, I'm someone who wouldn't be embarrassed. Okay. Yeah. This happened to me. So you so, can, you can call the cops. So I can call the cops. Right. And he tells me, ninety five percent of what hookers do is put drunk dudes to bed. Like it's a huge okay. thing. That's a big aspect of it. There was this Russian guy who like opened his vault of his jewelry case to impress this call girl. Oh boy. And then passed out. Oh Jesus. While it was open. Right. See you later. <laughs> But see, here's kind of where it was the good news. Because I was able to tell them, right? I got to claim the insurance. And I actually had it insured <laughs> for twice. It was an $18,000 watch, and I got it insured for thirty one. But do you think that they, they did roofie you? I mean, you think that yeah. she... Oh, I felt like yeah. trippy ball. Like, it's a weird, like, you know that uh, 
strychnine feeling when yeah. you're coming down off acid. Okay, yeah. All the next day. Wow. Yeah. And so they so she puts something in your drink and then I yeah, I there's really things I don't remember. Wow. By the way, there's you know, like uh when we were in high school growing up in New York City, one of our favorite things to do on like a Friday or Saturday night since there was nothing to do for us. I mean there's plenty of stuff to do, but like since we didn't have any place to party. Like uh, uh, in cabs and stuff, like we we try to like harass the hookers, <laughs> but like when when uh, Pogi got his driver's license, we got a car, right? And we were driving around the Lincoln Tunnel, and I had a new watch on that my mom had given me for Christmas, right? Uh-huh. And it wasn't the Rolex, a pop. It wasn't. Uh-huh. No, this is probably like this is like a knockoff. <laughs> we have a around the Lincoln Tunnel hooker harassing story. Yeah, or okay, so like, but so like we went and uh, started talking to the hookers, you know, at the car, and like. Uh-huh. Right. I had my nice new watch on, and one of the hookers just kept grabbing my dick. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> how old are you at this point? Like 17. Okay. Yeah. You know, okay. and terrified. Okay. Like, okay. A, you're, you're way in over your head now for a 17-year-old. Totally know that dick grab. Yeah, just they're squeezing my dick. Street, right. Come on, honey, I'll suck your dick for $5. You know, squeezing. Uh-huh. I'm like, okay. And finally, we, the light turns green. We're like, okay. we get out of there. And uh, it was only like 30 minutes later. Meeny, meeny, miny, mo. I'm going to catch me a tiger by the toe, and I'll catch you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but there were, and there were hookers in every window. Like, yeah. it was like, you know, the back scene and stuff. While the, the dick squeeze was the sleight of hand, while the other one slowly removed my watch. My right. watch is gone. Oh, see, that's awesome. And that's how they got They were working as a team. Yeah, because you're Damn. like, and you don't even, you don't. Terrified and yeah, had no idea that my hand is out the window and uh, right, and like, with her teeth is like yeah, trying to spray it off your wrist. That's amazing. Yeah. See, uh, we were driving by the Lincoln Tunnel when we were teenagers, and we see this like gorgeous ass in a limo, mm. you know, like hooker ass, mm. wearing the, like the hooker thing. And yeah. so we all like, hey! we scream something stupid out the window, and she turns around and it's like a dude going, "Suck my dick, asshole." <laughs> And we drove back to New Jersey. All it was weird. Quiet. Jokes on you, motherfucker. Right. Yeah. It's very silent ride. Yeah. By the way, you know, yesterday we were talking. I said, uh, "Is there any?" You know, we said your mom is pissed off about the prostitute. She's not pissed off at all. She's just um, pissed off about the what? She's just worried about prostitute stuff. Yeah, she doesn't like me talking about it. Okay. Any inappropriate? Okay. Sorry. Sorry, mom. I don't think she's listening. Okay. Well, you never know. Hey, listen. This is the fastest growing podcast in America. You never know. Because I'm on, I don't think she's listening. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> but, you know, like, otherwise she's listening. I'm sure she tunes in. Sure. You know, otherwise, yes. You get Alice Cooper on here, she's Sure, she's right into in. it. But yeah. I will say this about your mom and yeah. your parents. Right. Uh, in, in reading the book, like, the, you know, in your forward, you say, like, you talk about getting Fs and how your harmonica, basically, uh-huh. your message to the kids of America is just get Fs. That, that's your, that was your message. You know, it, like I said, we are not used to people taking us seriously. Yes. So <laughs> it's kind of a, I feel at a, a weird sort of crossroads here. Like, do I tell the kids what I really think, which is Fs don't define you. Who cares what an F is? If you need to get a job that requires you to get good grades, then I guess you should get good Fs. If you don't, <laughs> then uh, that's good too. Or should I like tell you to drink your milk and don't do drugs and stay in school, which is all good advice. And, and the, truth is, the truth is you're going to have to uh, figure out which one I've already told you. <laughs> Follow your heart is really the, the big F. Follow that's what I would heart. say. Yeah, that's right. what I would say. Uh, but you talk, but I, I bring it up because... You know, in reading about all that stuff, uh-huh. your parents stood by you the entire time for all Definitely. of your fuck ups. Absolutely, without question, they support. Even when we told them that we were quitting school, as soon as we could pay our rent, 
we called our parents because that was the deal. They would support us if we were in school. So it wasn't like an accident that as soon as we were covering rent and food, we quit school. Right. And we called them up and said, thanks for the help, but we're quitting school. And, you know, they freaked out, and then they almost immediately accepted it. You know, there was yeah. like this moment of shock. And then, like, okay, whatever you need, you still have a place you can come. Yeah, I mean, I think we we had the exact same thing. You know, it's you like, know without they got like easy that made everything. Yeah, you know, like for for uh, that not they didn't having that. Yeah, imagine if your parents weren't there in that moment. Like, yeah, think of all the extra stuff you would have had to do to work, like, and how little energy you would have had for what you cared about to get yeah. this done. No, I know. I mean, yeah. we, we we've talked about it in the past, but it's like. Yep. Both of us, you know, are, uh, made a decision at one point to go down this road of being in this business and trying to make movies and whatever it is, and, and our parents supported us, luckily. Yeah, and, if you, you had to, like, get the job at the Subaru dealership and then spend all that time dealing with, you know, the invoices at Subaru yeah. instead of writing scripts, yeah, you would've, it would have just taken you longer. Don't forget that when your kid grows up, bro. Yeah, um, yeah Subaru dealership is a, <laughs> is a good job. <laughs> As if, you if they love it, if they love it. And you support she it. loves dealing Subarus. Yeah. Hey, listen, somebody out there loves dealing somebody Subarus. Somebody does dealing that. But, you know, there is that philosophy that there's a job for everybody, but somebody's got to sweep up shit at some point. You know, like, who's the guy that loves that job? I bet there's somebody who loves sweeping up shit. Well, I guess compared to not eating. You know? Right. But I bet there's somebody who, who does it well, who, like, takes pride in their shit sweeping. He's the best shit sweeper in three counties. I think that guy hates himself and his friends don't like him. <laughs> you know you're the best i'm the best shit sweeper ever sure you are paul thanks paul yeah we're, we're gonna go we have we have work tonight. i go off and they have a party without paul because he's the best shit sweeper in three counties yeah and he smells oh here comes paul best shit sweeper in three counties hey buddy but actually they yeah. might need after the party they might need some shit swept up That's so they true. might call paul up the party late over. it's the after party he might want you to think they're, the they're like they told some they're like i'm serious he's, he's a shit sweeper what take a shit take a shit <laughs> <laughs> and, and finally comes there to do it she does and he comes over and sweeps a shit yeah, maybe there's a, like that becomes a popular sport, shit sweeping. Yeah, and the girls are into it now. Oh, and and shit sweepers getting his dick sucked. Yep, until he meets his biggest rival, who's also a chick, and they fall oh, madly in love holy with each shit. other, and they sweep the shit out of each other. But, and it comes down to the big shit sweeping competition, and does he give her the win or does she take the win? <laughs> we'll have to decide for ourselves. Yeah, yeah, coming this spring. Shit sweeper. That's shit a good sweeper. That's a, the next blues traveler song. <laughs> I'm a shit sweeper. Yeah. Or Subaru Peeper. Right after Zoo Keeper, won't you mess around? No, no, no. I love it. Here it is. Pat Benatar. Yeah. He yeah. loves, Kevin loves Pat I Benatar. Love, I love Patricia Benatar. Love her. I, we open for her uh, something. Was she nice at least? Would you sweep her She's shit? Awesome. Would you sweep her shit? And her husband, Neil, what's his name? Gerardo. Uh, what's his name? Not Neil Gerardo. That's a comment. Uh, who's Neil Gerardo? Her, you know, her husband. Her husband's the guitar player. Hey, how you doing? Neil Gerardo. Nice to meet you. Uh, I'd like Neil to sell you something. a Subaru. Yeah. Stotts, give me some help. Neil Gerardo Subaru. I can't remember what his name is. His name is, is Neil something. Stotts going to look we it up. Here Pat Ridgewood, New Jersey, uh, Neil Gerardo Subaru. Uh, I invite you down. <laughs> John had a crazy... Uh, or you had a, how many book signings have you done so far? I've done... There's that first one. Neil Gerardo? Second one. See? Fuck you guys. Neil Gerardo. We didn't say it wasn't. Fuck we were just guys. riffing on the name. That's the guy who played <laughs> Booker, uh, Buck Rogers. No? Where? That's Gil Gerard. Gil Gerard, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, that's oh. the guy in uh, the 300. No, that's Gerard Butler. No, yeah. <laughs> no, no, that was that movie with Forrest Whitaker. No, that was the Butler. The Butler. Oh. Uh, 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 right, you were saying book signings. Go. <laughs> what were we talking about the book signings? No, that's that sex movie you do with anal. It's called The, the, the Butt. butt. 
Muncher. <laughs> oh no no no! That's the movie with uh, the butt tattler with um, Robin Williams' uh, uh, Adventures of Baron von Munchausen. Yeah, right. right. No, that's that syndrome when you're kidnapped and you enjoy that your children are murdered. Uh, Munchausen by proxy. Oh right. Oh yeah. No, that's right. the Hudsucker proxy. Oh yeah. Oh right. Yeah. No, that's that old rock club, the Roxy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. You're thinking of uh, Bagels and Loxy? No, the Pam Greer movie, Foxy Brown. I was just thinking you both had Moxie. <laughs> and I like that. <laughs> uh, I can't wait uh, to shoot Super Trooper 2 with Brian Coxie. What up? Whoa, <laughs> look at that. What is The Meddler? Can I ask that question? Um, the Meddler is a movie that's uh, really about the meddling, intrusive person in all of us. Oh, really? And what, it's, a, it's a movie you were in, or what was it? Um, it's, it's really awesome. Um, I'm brain farting the director's name again. She was so cool. The, yep. Stats will look it up. Stats has it. Stats. Um, Stats. But like it's a, it's a, uh, uh, you're going to the premiere, so it's like yeah, a... Yeah, we're... We, was we it an indie film? Was it a big, big... It's an indie film. Yeah, yeah. And um, she directed a whole bunch of other movies, too, that I can't remember. Lawrence oh, Fri- yeah. oh, we know, we know Lauren. Lauren. Oh, yeah. There you go. She wrote. Uh, She's a big fan and wanted to find a blues driver like band, and she knew a guy. She used to go out with Brian Lynch. Yeah. yeah, and and then she went out with Ashton Kutcher. That's right. And some friend of ours, whose name I'm also brain farting, directed our um, Defense and Desire video uh, and knew us and knew her and said, "Hey, I actually know them." And so she contacted us last spring when we were just sitting around doing nothing and said, hey, want to do this movie? And we said, okay. And then we showed up and there was like a boat. <laughs> <laughs> and have you seen the movie? Or are you going to see it no, now? Yeah. Okay. And I brought my dog and Susan Sarandon's dog was very prim and proper and was almost violated by my dog. Oh, shit. Okay. Typical. Yeah. Typical. Throw that dog overboard. We could tell that there was, yeah, we could tell there was, you know, no funny business was to occur. It was kind of like the Titanic, but for dogs. Yeah, yeah. My dog was a scruffy mutt who just didn't know anything and had shit sticking to his fur. You know what it is? And her dog was like the prim and proper young lady. That that's right. You know what it is? That's called Lady in the Tramp. Lady in the Tramp. That's oh my God, exactly what it is. Lady in the that's exactly lady in the what it is. And you know what happens at the end of Lady in the Tramp, right? What? They fuck. They fuck each other. Dog fuck. That's yeah. right. Doggy style. Doggy yeah. style. Doggy style. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And so are you in a lot of the movie or is it a... Um, we're, we're doing a scene where we're us playing a song and uh, we get a couple tunes in it, but it was fun hanging out with Michael McKean all day. So, oh, man. That's, that's awesome. Great. And Cecily Strong, who's just friggin' awesome. She's, She's funny as shit. And, uh, oh, uh, John Ritter's son. not Jason. Jason Ritter. Thank mm-hmm. you. And, oh, uh, J.K. Simmons is in it, but he wasn't there that day. We oh, were, you could have you could have talked whiplash with him. Oh, and my wife snuck into it, too. She got in there? She's the extra in, like, the blue and white snazzy dress. Oh, that's great. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All cool. right. So when people watch it, they can know that's Popper's wife. Oh, I know. We're going to watch that movie and, you know, get all frisky. I want to watch that movie. And now I'm going to frisky. Yeah. <laughs> well, Kevin's always frisky. He's frisky True. right now. Just totally yeah. frisky. Yeah. Down boy. Um, I had another question yeah. for you, which uh, I, didn't, I didn't read the whole book, so... We, you, there's a story that's more about of a statement than a question. No, I know, but that, this is, is a setup. <laughs> oh, okay. so you in the don't in the, fuck with Popper. Popper's smart. I know, he's smart. Enough. In the early part of the book, you you talk about how you were uh, outside like Wynton Marsalis's dressing room. Yeah, and you 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 played and he heard you and he was like, oh, that's that was great, so crazy. Was there ever a time where you met him later on after you achieved success? And I, I I'm that guy remember. or no. I can't. I mean, you remember. must have run into that guy again somewhere. I ran into Branford uh, several times, and Delfeo I hung out with. Delfeo, uh, I was going through this seriously um, kind of self righteous phase. Uh, 
because I was at the new school where I was shedding my competition. I don't compete, man. Sure. And I don't even <laughs> attend class, man. I'm too busy sure. working, man. Sure. I'm an artist, man. Yeah. And so uh, I show up at the new school to like collect my mail or something, and uh, like, oh, by the way, we want you to appear at this jazz competition. I literally hadn't been there for like three months. Yeah. And they're getting ready to kick me out, but they're you know they need the har- I'm the harmonica. Still player. good. He's still a harmonica guy. Yeah. They don't have any other ones, right. so they're right. going to show me off. <laughs> and so I go down there, and everyone else is at this uh, competition, and they're competing really heavily. And Delfeo's from the Berkeley School. And it's this big jazz school. Yeah. And they're really into competing. And so he's having a good time competing and they're all, they're, they win. And I'm just getting so like just fed up with the whole nature of competition as yeah. it pertains to music. Yeah. They're at this celebration thing. And I just start breaking out into, sometimes I feel like a motherless child. <laughs> bring it down. The whole place was like, <laughs> looking back, what the fuck was I thinking? You know, right. And Delphi was like, that's good. <laughs> John, John you're just, you're, you know what you are? You're a smartass with a microphone. I'm like a freaking loser. Smartass with a harmonica. Yeah. yeah, I really, I needed to, to be restrained. I needed some Thorazine or something. But uh, then Branford, I've run into it a few seminars and stuff like that. Yeah. And so I'm trying to remember if I ran to Winton again, but I think I did because I told him about that time. Right. I seem to remember doing that. You would have do with a harmonica. Well, you, you know, I thought. I copped a tood for no reason with John Faddis. Oh, really? Why? He's this awesome trumpet player. Um, he just seemed really cocky when uh, Arnie was introduced. Arnie Lawrence was like that teacher from the new school who okay. was introducing me to jazz players, but he just didn't seem to respect harmonicas just as a concept, and he was just kind of being cocky. And so then I played a solo and something, and he's like, that was really great. And for some reason, I think I, that's one of those things where you look back and like, what kind of asshole were you? Right. And I looked at him and said, I played just for you. <laughs> like what the fuck? What do I think you, it's that cocky vibrato you're trying but to? But do you like? It was it the kind of thing like there are people? You think people frown upon the harmonica? Or? Oh well, harmonica players always feel that way. Oh, okay, you know, uh, there's a. I was playing with this other guy. Um, he's uh, he's like plays with the New York Symphony on the harmonica. Really? Yeah, chromatic. Oh, wow. You know that that will come with the button, and um, he's brilliant. And he was on a uh, commercial jingle with me, and I was playing the harmonica, and he was playing the jaw harp, you know, the down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was telling me about the harmonica club, and he was talking about how they meet every Wednesday and discuss harmonica issues. And <laughs> harmonica, right. and he was like kind of twitching every time he said right, harmonica. Right. And it's like they're, they're really are like seriously beyond enthusiasts. Did really. he invite you to the meeting? Oh, he did. He wanted me to okay, come. Yeah, okay. I, but I just started feeling like they talk about harmonica rights. And harmonica, and like I started to back away because I want to look at it like it's a guitar or a horn or right. anything. Like, who cares what it is? But you're also like the Wayne Gretzky of the harmonica. Like, you've done things think that those guys want to do. I think that's kind of why. Yeah, but this you know, was—it's really your outlook. If you try and view it as it's somehow separate, like we're persecuted, you know, we're, we're the lost tribe of the music world. That, that's, right. You're you're shooting yourself in the foot, right? Because you don't have to be seen that way. That's kind of no. your trip. You can just see it as it's an unexplored, you know, the banjo has been explored. People just decided that it's uh, a, a nostalgic sound. Sure. And the harmonica can sound like the old blues guys like Little Walter, or it can sound like Jay Giles or like me or like right. uh, Jason Ricci or right. beyond. Uh, Howard Levy is a freak on the harmonica, and he sounds nothing like the traditional sound. And so it's because he's not sitting there going, you know, people don't take me seriously. Right. You know, you can cry about it or, 
you can really just decide that you sound the way you do. You can be the front man for a rock and roll band. Yeah, I don't want to ever, like, harmonica players like to duel a lot, too, for some reason. Like uh, verbally, or are you saying, like, play against each other? They've taken it as far as, you know, I think dueling banjos, you know, that's pretty far. Yeah. You got to duel with the band. When there's two banjos, eventually people are like, Huh? Are yeah. you going to do something? Harmonicas get that way, like at a blues club or something. They fight each other. That's the Invariably, thing they to me. trade riffs all the time. But you talked about that. I thought that was like, I mean, how there were people, first of all, there were a lot of harmonica players that tried to keep you down. Well, I think in their way, you know, um, they weren't going to. So Right. But they told you, like, your playing was no good. They did, you know, it's like it's too busy. and it's Yeah, because it, it wasn't what they were expecting. You know, they, they grew up on this tradition of what a harmonica was supposed to be. And to me, that's another wagging finger. Yeah. I just got a problem with wagging fingers, you know. When people start telling you you can't do it this way, that's just, uh, that, that really just becomes fuel. It, it's, we talked about this last night. So yeah. At the risk of yeah. repeating ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Well, since, since, since our two crew haven't, yeah. so hasn't, hasn't yeah. heard it. Like, yeah. You know, early on you talk about that, like the style. So that you know, you, you, first year you're impressed by uh, Dan Aykroyd, and then you start to really yeah. Go for Dan it. Aykroyd. Uh, somebody said he sounded like Paul Butterfield, so I'm wondering who Paul Butterfield is. And uh, I go get that album, and uh, it was the live double album. And I actually went to kiss one of the discs, and I dropped it mm. and broke it. And so yeah. I, I learned uh, drifting and drifting though every day. And Butterfield was doing a lot of Elmore James, and so I went to discover Elmore James. Elmore James led me to Giant Lee Hooker, and that led me to Muddy Waters and Little Walter. And uh, all those old blues guys eventually led me to Jimi Hendrix, and that's when I wanted to be a musician. And after Hendrix, then it was like everything was open. Hendrix know? didn't play the harmonica, did he? No, see, he played <laughs> exactly. That, right. You know, he was my favorite harmonica player, and he never touched one. <laughs> right. But, like, exactly. you, you talk about how, like, you wanted to be the Jimi Hendrix of the harmonica. Yeah. And, and um, you know, in the book, John talks about, like, the style that he developed that nobody else played in the world. Right. Like, you yeah. developed a style. But bear this in mind, though. You were talking about that last night. Everybody develops the style that's theirs. Yeah. You know, it's like... Um, well, do they? Do they? But there's certainly innovations in, in, the, in the instrument, though. Yeah, you know well, I've mean? got a great example for you. Do your impression... See, that's what I love about music. You do your impression of somebody else, it's going to be a bad impression. So it'll be your take on their thing, and you've instantly made something original. Mm -hmm. As long as you're a bad mimic. Sure. You know, if you can really recreate something, then you're genuinely mimicking it, then... You know, then you might have a problem making something new. But if you can, like, somehow hear a little something that you heard in your head, then you're you're improvising, right? But, but it's also like, I mean, you've altered the instrument, though, haven't you? I well, mean, I guess. over time, well, right? I'm being shy. yeah, and he talks about it in the book. Yeah. He's now he's just being coy, yeah. I'm being coy. He because uh, no, go on. Yeah, yeah. Well, because you do the you're talking about the the Eddie Van Halen eruption thing yeah, and how you're you're you're, you're learning a technique. Like that became uh, like yeah, I was doing Eddie Van Halen, right? Eruption. And then I developed that. That's a da 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 da. And so then I developed a, that's a triplet. One two three. One two three. So I developed a sextuplet. Da 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 da. <laughs> and you're moving around awesome. so much of the harp 
that you can kind of start to control that pattern and break it up when you want. So it's, it's, they call amazing. it pattern playing, I think. And 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 I mean, you go talk about it in the book. It's, that's yeah. a, that's a, a, a chunk of six notes. Yeah. And nobody else is doing that. Um. Well, now they're all gonna. Now they are. Shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck shouldn't it, have said Listen, that. That's what happened. People are imitating For, you. I just God want people it. to listen to this podcast. I'm gonna <laughs> bring oh, that's the headline. Fuck. Learn how to play harmonica. Well, see, the good news is that people have been figuring that out anyway. I guess so. And uh, the truth is, uh, they'll do an impression of me and sound original, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully. Well, you, you mentioned one thing they earlier. take all of my work? God, they do all my session work? Yeah, they're going to they're gonna make a song called The Cook. Uh, the Cook Brings You Back. The Cook, the cook, <laughs> right. cook Brings You Back. Yeah. I, I was going to, like, uh, you said... I ain't bacon, you know pie. No. I ain't bacon, you... You said earlier about the harmonicas being key. This is just, a, I guess, a... Right. A technical question, like, yeah. how do you you tune harmonicas to twelve twelve different yeah, keys? Yeah, there's or whatever twelve is, or? keys. Well, they and how do you tune a harmonica? Pre-tuned. Yeah, once they go out of tune, they're broken. Okay, they they come pre-tuned, like uh, the kind that I'm. And so you have to buy the specific here. key. Yeah, or a specific ah, set of reeds, and so you need twelve different keys to have a full set. And so, do you buy? What do you buy then? Well, this well, way, probably this just corners gives it to you, right? Or no? uh, well, no, actually, I'll tell you the whole. Uh, oh my God, the merchandising store is really fun. Really? Okay. This is a Honor Special 20 because I, I have a spare set here. Yeah. Um, it says D on the side, which means you exhale, you get a D major chord. Okay. Inhale, you get an A dominant chord. That means it's got that flat seven. So what blues guys do is they take a D harmonica to play in the key of A. And so that way you have got that four chord against that nice flat seven. Okay. So folk guys, you play in D like... <laughs> and so uh, the Honer Special 20, the reeds are uh, in there, and it costs about 40 bucks. And you, when it breaks, you throw it away and you get a new one. Okay. When uh, they make other kinds with reeds in it, like I've got one out now with reeds in it. You just replace the reed? Replace the reed. Okay. You, the harp's more expensive, but the reed... It's like a saxophone. Yeah, yeah. But that means that you have to have 12 different... Whether or is it just you pick a you pick a key that you like the most and you carry that around? Okay. But you're never going to know that when you're just walking around. Um, you f- you figure it out. Okay. This, this chap this this chapter of chewing it is called read the book. But see now, but here's the read. Yeah. Um, Honer special twenties. That's the kind I play. Yeah. Were ten bucks when I started playing. Okay. Honer said uh, they gave me the standard endorsement deal, which is fifty percent off for. Life for Five bucks of, for use of your likeness. Okay, and then the price doubled. Okay, so, so then, bucks. so then uh, now it's <laughs> uh, quadrupled. Okay, and it's so I'm paying twice as much money. Okay, when I started, and they put my picture on the box, and it just says Rock Harp. It doesn't even say my, you know, my okay. name. Okay, okay, right in the corner, and that I'm, should merit you getting free. Well, let's see, that's not how they work, because okay. they're a German company, and okay. fuck that. Don't they know who you are, though? But they're Honer. See, they sell to every accordion and harmonica in the world. Okay. Do they have a monopoly? Are there any other Well, harmonicas? no, see, but there are. But see, I'm getting to that. Okay. So, but this, they're, Honer, they're the motherfuckers of the yeah, harmonica. Yeah, shut program. up, let me. He's getting to that. And so, yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, sorry, damn sorry. God damn it. So, um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, I'm going to get Bruce Willis. The thing is, here's the kicker, is that I buy more harmonicas right. than any six music stores in the country. Right. So I'm basically because you go through them paying twice what uh, 
uh, yeah, twice what I paid originally with the discount. I'm paying twice what I originally paid for the privilege of seeing my face on the box as I sell harmonicas to myself. Oh, fucking a. Yeah. Wait. This it's like, they might as well just have a picture of me giving myself the finger, like here, you, asshole. You must feel like a real schmuck you, when you're buying. I, yeah. Who's here schmuck? So guess what I did? Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, Sadel is an even older company uh, making harmonicas than Honer. German. Yeah, Germany, okay. uh, and they make really great but super expensive harmonicas. Okay. Um, they got together with Fender uh, to make them cheaper for distribution, Okay, and they made a John Popper harmonica Okay, with replaceable reeds. I now get 8% of, uh, I don't know, I guess the net or the gro- whichever okay. is less. Okay, the net. So you're doing okay, But wait, John. but you, don't, yeah. you, you still use Honer, though. Um, I use Honer and my. I, I use a lot less Honers. If I got to beat something up and throw it against a wall, I use a Honer. Okay. And then for like shows, I use mine. Is okay. that because you want to make the uh, Honer boner um, joke? They're or? different. I, I actually do like. Boner. I do like the Honer Special Twenties, but um, not that much. Not enough. Yeah. And not how to be paying How twice. quickly do you blow through those? Like, uh, are there multiple a show, or is it like uh, one show, one harmonica? Yeah, well, see what started happening is then I would throw them out to the crowd, which apparently right. you guys just never. Knew. Uh, right. Don't want to talk about it. Talk about that, and and also made the book. Made the book. It kind of became yeah. it kind of became a thing where even when they weren't broken, people wanted one. Right. So then it started really running into money. But uh, now we uh, actually made a collection of easier ones to throw out. Okay. And so in a show, how many do you go through in a night? Um, forty to fifty. No, I'd say seriously. No. Holy no shit! You blew Heffernan's mind. Yeah. I was like, what that was an honest fuck? reaction. <laughs> like it's like that. a guitar pick. You know what I mean? That would be uh, yeah. That would be impossible seriously? to make a living. Yeah. What fell through there? I don't oh, know. flashlight. Um, but. Uh, I'd say you can go through one every day or two. Okay. You know, maybe two a day. It depends. Uh, sometimes you get to run a badly made one. Or okay. Something. Is it the or saliva? And the, and the ones I got now, you got to kind of tune them a little bit. Okay. So uh, it depends if we got it tuned up or not. And then, uh, you know, you just have a backup set ready to go and uh, switch them out. And then if they're honers or something, you throw them to the crowd. Right. Did you ever go out with a girl named Monica? You see what I'm getting at here, right? Harmonica? No, you? but I dated a whore. Named Whore Monica. There we go. There whore Monica. Go. There we go. Yeah, no, we made the book here. We're on page 180. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The story about, uh, you, you want to tell us? We, sort of we told it last time, but you want to tell it again? Uh, yeah, you got it. Met John in a bar yeah. uh, in New York City. Right. And, um, you know, the, the first part. My car broke down, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. I was waiting for somebody. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah, he's just hanging around. It was, it was raining. It was really raining. And, um... You know, I asked John for a uh, harmonica lesson. Cause I That's what they were calling it down there. I though. hear you. I hear yeah. you. It was a uh, rear admiral. Harmonica fun. lesson, that was like 60 bucks, if I remember. Yeah. 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 You were good. Yeah. The back room the of the best. bar. The well, best. Six-finger technique. The, the key is a dental <laughs> dam. Yeah. When I was a D, can I was an A? Uh, so um, uh, I asked John. T- uh, I was t- telling him that I was learning how to bend notes. Yeah. And, but I was having a hard time doing it. So John pulled out his harmonica and gave me the lesson as... In a bar. A couple of girls I pulled up. out the harmonica and I gave him a I lesson. I bet you did. Yeah. Well, I what's the... Uh, that's speaking of Robert Evans. Did I give him a lesson? You bet I did. Six notes worth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But wait, what... You know, by the way, what are the names for a harmonica? There's harmonica. Um, there's, there's the harp. Harp. There's mouth organ. That's the one I'm talking about. Okay. You okay. learned that from reading the book. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Good. He pulled out his mouth organ, gave me a yeah. lesson. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> as these two girls came up to bring, you know, some shots over. Right. And I did the shots. It actually might have even been like like two girls and two guys. Okay. And like and a uh, we did yeah. a bunch of they're broken okay. fans. We did some shots. Yeah. Yeah. 
and everyone was clean. Okay, I'm sure. We were I'm sure. Yeah, sure. totally forgot about the harmonica lesson that's coming from the greatest harmonica player in the world. In the world, yeah. And, and I missed the shots. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. But so then, giving harmonica lessons at bars. What am I doing? Yeah. Well, then, then what happened after that is you're like, anyway. So I'm, uh, I got, I'm on here on a date. So uh, I got to take a. Uh, I'll That's see you later, right. Kate. Yeah. And, right. Uh, oh, she wound up being terrible. She did. Oh. Yeah. You hadn't met her yet, right? That, this, that was I, like your. I shouldn't go into it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so so you uh, bestowed. You said, here you go. Here's a harmonica, kid. Yeah. It's like Mean Joe Green with the fucking right. the Your heart melted. Your balls dropped. Oh, my God. I was like, holy shit. I came back to Los Angeles and was like, I met John Popper, and he gave me his harmonica. <laughs> Literally, we were having a Broken Lizard meeting. Yep. I couldn't believe it. All the guys put the harmonica in their mouth. We did. Well, yeah, yeah, they did. all yeah, wanted to put their mouth We talked about it. It smelled like weed, too. Mouth organ. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I said that last night at the book reading. I thought I thought people like, uh, would like that. Gasped. Yeah, no, like, that was the thing. They didn't. You you were worried that people were like, oh, my God, what will the church elders think? And they, yeah. they were fine. They were all stoned all those people I think a couple of those guys were just in there because they had nowhere to go I was telling Kevin I got a homeless vibe off of one of the, the guys I did too I did too I think, a, I think a couple of people were just like you know my movie doesn't start for three hours and I was dropped here so yeah oh look a book check, reading I'm gonna check this yeah. out yeah, but so John, you you know, John gave me a, a harmonica I was touched I showed all these guys we smelled it smelled like weed they yeah. played it it was like, holy fucking shit. So great. Yeah. Then uh, we did the Broken Lizard show in New York City, and uh, yep. I invited you, and you came. Yeah. And uh, we were all hanging out, having a great time, and what happened was uh, you gave Kevin a harmonica. Right. And he broke that to me a little bit later. And I was like, oh, let me. Look so what I got. Told me he, you were playing it all the way to, to Pittsburgh or wherever you got. Uh, yeah. I was like, oh, look what I got. And he was hard. It was like someone fucked his girlfriend. Yes, it was like <laughs> unbelievable. He was so upset. Oh, yeah. And then, right. and then uh, when you came out, uh, when you were here in L.A. performing at the El Rey, and we were going to have you on our podcast that night, right. and Kevin and I went to see your show, and you're just fucking throwing harmonicas right. out at the yeah, audience. Right. Each one is like a, a like an arrow. But if you remember, if you remember, also remember uh, in between that we went and did a, some sort of radio junket for something we were doing at Sirius Radio, and we were on some guy's show, and we <laughs> telling the story about Popper and the harmonica, and the guy's like, "I got a harmonica from Popper too," yeah. and he it was so, it was a DJ or something, yeah. and you had given him a harmonica, yeah. and and then he was like, "Yeah." And now here's the part that's I'm a harmonica. You are a harmonica, and then here's then we did the podcast. And yeah, right. like the kicker is uh, we're. We're, f- we're telling that story on the podcast. <laughs> right, and then right. this homeless guy comes up right. and decides he wants to just like hang with us so to get him to leave. I said, how would you like a nice shiny harmonica? Right. You and did. just to look on Steve's Steve face, was was, that was perfect. Cry. Still. What do you think like I do with that harmonica? Though? He probably ate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He smoked it. Yeah, he smoked it. He smoked <laughs> some crack in it. Yeah. Where, where, how long are we? I think we're... Oh, geez, hour 40. Okay. okay, well, I mean, uh, we love having you as a guest on the well, show. thank you. I love being here. I'm trying to think. I mean, uh, just a couple. Uh, fuck, you told some great stories about the White House yesterday. Oh, yeah. That uh, was good. Uh, the meet, Meeting Bill Clinton. Uh, the, I guess you got to tell them in order. He plays the saxophone. It's, I mean, are these all Not in the book? that day. Not, Not that, that day. It wasn't a lot. It was the day he was impeached for uh, oh, Jesus. Monica Lewinsky. Okay. And, um, was it like 96 or something? Yeah, it was 98. 98. 98. And 98. so we're driving to the... Uh, it was actually fun to hear this, and he just shelled a rack to try and distract everybody. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of cool. We're driving there. So like, to the White House! <laughs> you always wanted to say that. <laughs> and you get there, and it's really fun. Um, everybody's being really nice to you, and you see all these interns, and they're like carrying like bouquets of flowers and giggling like hula girls or something. And you're thinking, yeah. God, this is like rock and roll times 50. Yeah. You know, they're just <laughs> like yeah. Betty Rubble laughing. And yeah, yeah. Thinking, I get it. 
I'd hook up with one of them. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, but then you're thinking, like, well, then of all of them, Monica, like, what? Yeah, I guess it was, what, you know, just convenience? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So we go and we play. Uh, I'm rehearsing with Eric Clapton, so it's like. Oh, wow, Jesus. Screw okay. Screw the president. This yeah. is God right Yeah, now. yeah, sure. And um, we go uh, rehearse, and it was really fun to meet him. And then there's this receiving line, and I wanted to look into the eyes of the man who caused all this turmoil. <laughs> And it was what you or I would be like. He was just exhausted, like, oh, thank you, I get to be here. Like, uh-huh. just happy to be alive. Right. Relieved, grateful. Okay. Humble. That you, you know. were there and that he had a distraction? Just that to everyone. That... He, like, you, okay. you wanted to look into the eyes of the guy who yeah. had this scandal break. And right. It, he just survived being fully impeached. Yeah. He's just exhausted, like, <laughs> right. out on his feet. <laughs> you know, like, bobbing and weaving. Yeah. Just joyful that you're here and we'll forgive him. And yeah. please... But the thing is, Hillary was wide the fuck awake. Oh, I'm sure. You know, she was like, welcome to my motherfucking house. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Tree? Yeah. Yeah, you want yeah. some eggnog? We got tons of eggnog. It was kind of my house before, and now it's really my house. Yeah. Now this like, shit broke. <laughs> well, she was just like, we're not <laughs> yeah. letting anybody chase us out of here. Like, there was this formidable... Yeah. You know, that's when she comes alive. Is when yeah, the yeah. shit goes I'm down. I'm sure. And uh, so then cut to uh, the end of their presidency, and Bush is coming in. And I want to say something smarmy because you okay. know I'm no Democrat. Okay, sure. And uh, <laughs> I want to, uh, but like you're in line and you don't want to get like arrested either. Sure. You know, and oh, I didn't tell you the the funny part about getting to the uh, White House. Um, I get to the White House uh, through these barricades. Yeah. So like the first thing I do when I get out of a car is I light a cigarette because you never get to smoke anywhere. Right. And I like the cigarette, and I look, and I'm in the front door of the White House. Jesus. So I immediately put the cigarette Put that out, out. sir. Yeah. But I put it out on the floor, and then I look up, and there's this Marine standing. Oh, totally Jesus. Like, oh, they're fucking good. They're <laughs> you know, because I just did put a cigarette out right on the... I thing, know. You know. Picked up for a few Rock and roll, baby. Yeah. yeah. And then I walked in the White House, and, um, the, you know, it was... Uh, there was a faint whiff of urine. <laughs> Your own or no? No, no. I think somebody had some kind of an accident. But. Okay. And then um, I wanted to whisper into Bill Clinton's ear later, and like, you know, and uh, you know, there's a Secret Service guy pops out, and I'm like, "Sir, there's yeah. time and a place." Yeah, 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 sure. And uh, they I knew you were up to a popper. cigarette in the White House, though, which is kind of cool. if you if you did with Bra- uh, Obama, Obama smoked cigarettes. Well, this was uh, uh, yeah, this was Clinton's White House. Yeah. so, uh, so they know the cigarettes there. But what did you you said you were in the waiting cigars, line? Were you going to say something smarmy? Did you say something oh, yeah, smarmy? Or? This is this is uh, eight years later. Okay, and, uh, got it. So Bush is about to come in. Clinton's are ten days away, and they're having the same uh, Special Olympics uh, kind of festival. And this time, I'm playing with BB King. Too, okay, so okay. It's kind of like fuck the president. I'm playing with the king. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. God, now the king. BB King. Right, cool. Yeah, badass. And um, so I'm thinking, and I'm thinking, like, all right, if I get too, like, vulgar, I'm going to get, like, hurt. <laughs> but if I, like, am too mild, he's not going to get the little, <laughs> don't let the door hit you in the ass. <laughs> right. You know? right. And I put my hand in his and just instantly say, you've humanized the presidency, sir, and everyone's going to remember you fondly. Okay. And he like bit his lip with the, he got moved, you know, like, mm. and got the double hand shake uh-huh. that uh-huh. he does. Uh-huh. And like in my head, I'm like, where the fuck did that come from? <laughs> and the truth is, when it's the most powerful man in the world, you kind of like him. And, and right. who well, that's what they say when you get face to face, all the shit, that shit They're goes out the window. They're all charming people. They, sure. they got there. And he that. certainly has skills. And, and he is a nice guy. Yeah. And uh, the scary part was that I also moved Hillary. 
Okay. Because it's like, you know, the shrimp, uh, the, the shrimp, the Grinch. Yeah, yeah, the Grinch. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm just hungry. Yeah, the shrimp. The, 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 the Grinch that uh, s- saved Christmas. Yeah. You know when his heart stretches to three yeah, times yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, like yeah. that. Like, it's sort of like granite cracking. Right. Like, you heard it. <laughs> like you could hear her smile. But, <laughs> her outer and it shell. Was kind of, it was kind of okay. beautiful and frightening at the right. same time. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I met Dick Cheney, too. Um, yeah. During the Bush years, uh, he... You know, somebody comes up to you and goes, uh, the vice president would like to meet you. So he was a fan? Cheney was a fan? Um, yeah, this is at the, I think some, we got to play both of the inaugural okay. something or others. Okay. And, um, I think of him as more like a big band kind of guy or something. Or like a, um, mm. Oh, well, they, they like, uh, see, everybody likes everybody. Sure. That's the sure. Thing. It's really the mid-level people that always fight with each other. Right. But you go in this giant room and then he comes up and goes, hello, very nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Sir. All right, that was the vice president. <laughs> and like you can barely hear each other. It's a weird thing. And that's it? It's such a formality. And then I met yeah. uh, W, and he was like, Big John! <laughs> <laughs> he's got to give you a nickname right away. Sure, that's he's his got, thing. Yeah, he's got right. to re- that's how he remembers. Hey, he's Big John! Hey, Big John! And uh, he told me to uh, marry the woman I was dating, and we really didn't. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I always listen to the president. I liked your story about uh, going to, was it the fundraiser in Louisiana and telling Oh, us? yeah. No, that was the first thing I, that was before I, that even happened. The first time I met her, I said, I campaigned for you in Louisiana. He goes, great state. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was it. Great state. Yeah. Great state. Uh, Big job. So I got uh, him and, no, I didn't get, uh, w, I got uh, his dad and Jeb to sign a chronic Republican shirt. Oh, you did? Like Pretty chronic, good. like, Yeah, instead of dancing shirt? bears, it's dancing elephants. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. pretty cool. Very nice. And Jeb knew what it was, but he still signed it. Okay. But okay. I gave it to my brother. I know the, what this is. I gave it to my brother as the big Republican. Okay. Because I was like, I can't promise you this is going to fall into the wrong hands. Sure. Sure. His father had no idea what he was signing. Yeah, exactly. He was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Chronic Happy Republicans. Oh, he that. just pretends like that. Not going to do it. Not going to sign it. Not going to do it. exactly what he's doing. Yeah, signing that Republican, chronic Republicans here. Gonna, yeah. I liked how Bon Jovi what was it Bon Jovi. Was oh, the end of the night. Um, we went to. Well, see, that's the thing is uh, that second time. This is when Al Gore conceded. Yeah. So they had a concession party, and Tom Petty goes, and um, Bon Jovi's going, and I'm sitting in, and Stevie Wonder's there, and everybody's playing, and you know, I felt kind of bad because Gore's daughters were so nice to us and, and hot, and I said, oh, mm. way hot, and yeah. I said, you know, I feel kind of guilty. I'm a Republican. And like, we know that's why we're glad you're here. Like they were really nice people. Okay. Okay. And at that level, like I'm telling you, they need each other. Like I need you to scare my constituency so could you come and, <laughs> and i'll help you and sure you you know with sure. union strike and so um i'm playing there and my manager susan bank i love you susan if you can hear this she's having a uh jackie o moment like just the grandeur of the white house right Isn't okay this wonderful and she left my harmonicas in the broom closet uh, the white house has a broom closet okay. apparently and, and you uh, can't carry them through the metal detector problem. Yeah, and I'm at uh, the Gore places at the Navy, where the Admiral's house. It's where the Vice President. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Admiral's Mansion or yep. something. And so I don't have any harmonicas. Okay. And so the opening band has some harmonicas. So I'm playing someone else's spat upon. Uh, this is what harmonica. Harmonica players will put any damn thing in their mouth. No sure. Problem. And, sure. Uh, I once spilled <laughs> like a. Set at a at the blue note, I spilled it all over the floor, and like some of it's soaking in beer on the floor. Right, right. One landed in the dude's lap. You, you got to because you your soul is coming up. And so uh, I uh, play the opening band's harps. Works pretty good. Tipper Gore's jamming on the conga. Okay. Song. 
And uh, Tom Petty kept going, tell me to sing one. So I sang one. And a lot of fun. And Stevie Wonder's playing. And it was this big jam in a key I don't have. <laughs> and invariably, he goes, hey, blues traveler, dude, get up here. Who said yeah. that? Stevie Wonder. Oh, Jesus. Really? So I'm like, hey, and he's blind. Sure. I can't like wave at him and go, I don't got the... I don't have the right harmonica. You know, there's no way to catch his attention. So I got to walk up there, mm-hmm. fight through a crowd of people, and, hey, Stevie, it's Blues Traveler, dude. I don't got that key. <laughs> so he's like, hey, wait, 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 wait. Everybody stops the whole thing. What key do you have? Well, I got E. Do it in E. And it starts it all up. Holy shit. That's I, fucking amazing. I wanted to murder my manager. You didn't fire her for that? It's a firing well, No, but I gave her... The lecture was worth it. You gave her all you the You stopped Stevie Wonder's groove. <laughs> <laughs> Shame. Shame on yeah, you. Yeah, actually, um, Heffernan was the name of my priest in uh, Stanford. It was? Father was? and that's how he would talk. Okay, because I'm from own, Connecticut. Uh, Stanford, Connecticut's where yeah, I grew up. Yeah. I bet he's a, rel- a relative he, of yours. He, he, would, he would have that classic preacher style, and he'd go, And the babe, still wet from the juices of labor. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a good voice. Yeah. We were all we're Irish tenors. We're Irish tenors. He got mad at me one uh, Christmas because we talked during the Mass. Uh-huh. No, we get $2 each Christmas. That's what it was, our Christmas bonus. But from got, who? From who? Uh, the church. Oh, oh the altar boys. We get it right. Yeah, as an altar boy. And, uh, right. But one night, it wasn't Christmas. We got mad. I said, go walk to your homes. <laughs> 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 and, you know, it's kind of like Mr. B. Like, you, you want to be scared of him because you sort of owe him that. Sure. So you kind of want to laugh. Old Father Heffernan. He's got a good Old name. Old Father Heffernan. Father John Heffernan. And no, he never molested us. Was didn't it us? Did we do something it. wrong? Didn't he, though? Didn't they he were asking wrong? for it. I was, I'm just you deserved it, John. I just feel like I, I wasn't attractive enough. <laughs> <laughs> that might so, be what it was. So I pulled out my harmonica, and, so he's, and he molested out. me. There you go. Yeah, I pulled, he pulled out his harmonica. All right. Let's, we, have to, we have to wrap it up. Okay. Um, let's wrap it. Hey, everybody. John Popper's new book, Suck and Blow, is out right now. Suck and Blow, and the other stories I'm not supposed to tell. And uh, I, I was wrong. You can do this without being drunk. You can do this without being drunk. Yeah, wow. we shoot the fun. shit. Yeah, I know, but it was kind of cool when we got all wasted on that. Was fun. Air, you know. That was a good time because that, that was at the Roosevelt. You listen to it and you can hear. Okay, so we done drunk. Partying. We done sober. Next time, free bass. Okay, cool. That's cool. Let's right. do it. Let's cool. do some meth. Meth. Like do a whole. Let's do the blue. Do an eight-hour show. <laughs> In lieu of chewing something, will you uh, play us a little something to take us out? Oh yeah. <laughs> Goosebumps. That's ah, fucking great. Thank you, Mr. Popper. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Good luck with the book, buddy. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Now leaving Nerdist.com.